Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Wednesday. It is Thanksgiving Eve, one of the biggest party nights of the year. Uh, So if you guys are spending it with uh, my show tonight, I really, really appreciate it. Of course, we have an awesome show for you guys if you've been following along today. I'm stoked. Uh, Some of the coolest guys uh, around are going to be on the show tonight. But let's start off with some sponsors. As per the usual, we got TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great Epstein Didn't Kill Himself hoodie that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount or you can join the patreon subscribe star or become a member of the youtube channel under all of my videos by hitting the join link where you can get into a private discord server and get uh all of his new stuff up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30 percent discount so big time big time discount man good stuff uh guys Oh, oh, and of course, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com. I got so, I'm so excited for tonight's show that I'm going fast, but uh, uh, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has uh, historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, guys, if you own a business, go check them out. It's worth it. Uh, they're already doing some work with some of my listeners. I promise you guys will be uh, happy with their work. Uh, we got audio. We got lots of guests waiting in the background. Uh, I told you guys that we are going to have a Thanksgiving Eve uh, extravaganza. Uh, I hit up some of my favorite people, and uh, and here they are. Of course, we have my good friend and partner on the show, Top Lobster. Man, what's going on, brother? How you doing, Josh? It's good to be here again. I think we're setting the record, right? Uh, Am I the only guest to be on twice in a week? Uh, Yes, I believe so. I believe so. Hell yeah. And of course, we have to defend that record. Yeah. And of course, (laughs) my good friend, uh, host of Dave vs. Goliath, Mr. Dave Casey, sir. How are you? Dude, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. This is a a huge treat. I'm honored and humbled. Thanks, man. Stoked. Stoked to have you, man. Uh, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the man that destroyed Bill Crystal recently, Mr. Scott Horton, sir. How are you tonight? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Good, man. And of course, our good friend from Liberty Lockdown, the madman, Clint Russell, sir. How are you? I'm good. Just bring a little diversity to the screen. I saw all these white people. I was like, we got to get some blackness in this. Yeah, dude, we had to get some blackness for sure, brother. (laughs) And of course, the host, the host of the contrast on this TV. Hey, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You're you're looking a little white today, dude. Uh, Of course, the host of Natural Capitalist and everybody's second favorite trucker, Mr. Reed Coverdale. Yeah, bold. Second favorite. I'm glad you're and the second best Liberty truck driver on at the same time. Very nice. <laughs> uh, the host of One American Podcast and somebody who's become one of my very good friends quickly over the last year, uh, Mr. Chase Geyser, sir, how are you? Hey, guys. Hey, Lobster. These eyes look blue to you. <laughs> Check, the, <laughs> Check the, the re-edit. It's brown. I fixed it for you. With you man. The re-edit, the re-edit does not have blue eyes, buddy. And uh, last but not least for now, uh, my very good friend and the, uh, the, the host of the System is Down podcast, Mr. Dan Smot, sir. How are you? What the fuck? I was told Dave Smith was going to be here, and he's still he's still blocking me. I, I asked, I hit him up at Porkfest and said, "Come on my show," and he said, "Yeah, call me a Nazi on on camera, and I will." So I called him a Nazi there, and now he won't respond to any of my. Oh jeez, so well, I'm here to call out the coward. That's well, it. Also, thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, of course, Thanksgiving, everyone. Of course, I'm happy to have you on. But but let's talk. Let's talk about Dave. Dave, uh, you have to you have to message Dave on Twitter and then wait six months. 
Then right. he'll get back to you. That's how it works. Uh, you know, it, it, it just he is. He gave me what he what he said was his personal email address. I hit that up and got no response there oh. either. So. Well, nice. Well, nice. Maybe you'll see him on the show. Look uh, how many yeah. people here are, are waiting for him to do guest appearances. I mean, can you blame the guy? He's got, <laughs> right. he's got so many people with their hands up. Everybody, I, I've, everybody. I've just been calling him a coward on Twitter, and he doesn't respond to any of it. I'm sure he's not seeing any of it. I just like the idea of me being some troll that's like, yeah, this guy's scared of me. Dave Smith is scared of me. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first off, I want to shout out Ben Hackman and Anthony A. Thanks for becoming uh, supporters of the show. I appreciate you guys. Claire Foster uh, dropped a five dollars super chat. If you're familiar with Claire Foster, it's my favorite troll on Twitter. Uh, Brilliant. She, yeah, she said you should rename this episode "The War on Sunscreen." <laughs> I like it. I'm a fan. Uh, so, so guys, a lot has been going on, man. We got the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, uh, the Maud Aubrey uh, verdict recently. Uh, obviously, uh, that's a lot to talk about. Um, I, I do want to. I do want to start off talking about. I, I posted on on Twitter today that uh, you know the same people who were chastising the verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse case uh, that said they that basically he should have let them chase him down and kill him are now applauding uh, the the verdict in the Ahmad Aubrey case where uh, some men chased down Ahmad Aubrey and killed him. I mean. What what do you guys take on that? I mean, is it is it is it just the media misinformation, or do you think some of these people are actually evil? We'll we'll start with Scott. What do you think, Scott? Well, you know, I don't know, man. On the, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, just in the sense that none of them really know the facts of what they're talking about on most things, even if it's something I agree with them on. It's probably just a mistake, you know. So if the left is, you know, in agreement with me about this Ahmed Aubrey case then they may have different reasons than I do. Uh, you know, I would note that it seems like very few right-wingers and no libertarians that I've seen have been supporting the defendants in the Ahmed Aubrey case. Um, I forgot all their names, but, um, you know, the, the leftists reacted like the right-wing support or libertarian and right support for Rittenhouse was based on the fact of right-wing white supremacy and all of this. Well, no, really, it was just self-defense. The guy cornered him, and then, so that's what happens, you know. Um, but in this case, um, in fact, I had a little Twitter thread where I pointed out that you don't see right-wing, uh, attention left-wingers. You don't see right-wingers and libertarians rallying around these guys. And the answer is simple. It's because they were pretty clearly the aggressors. And so it is a black and white issue, but not a racial issue. It's self-defense or not. Who's it's the aggressor? Or who's not. And I only had one right winger say, shut up, boy, you don't speak for me. Those guys are heroes and screw that Aubrey guy. Right? I had one person answer that way. Um, in other words, proven my case that nobody has taken their side because they clearly had no right to initiate aggression the way that they did against this guy running through their neighborhood. Whereas the Tom Rittenhouse story was just totally a different story. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's not it's a black and white issue, but it's not a black and white issue. If if you yeah, catch exactly. our drift. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man, it's it's uh it's absolutely crazy. I don't know who who on this who on this uh uh live stream follows that case closely. Did any of you guys watch it really closely? I didn't watch it closely, but I was paying attention to it. And I think it's obvious that white supremacy has taken over this country when a white guy shoots three other white guys. And it's obvious self-defense, and then you know, black, uh, three white guys hunt down a black guy, and they end up putting, 
you know, they end up getting convicted. I think that proves that white supremacy just rules our country. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> oh, totally do. Yeah, it's, it's 100% uh, uh, white supremacy issue. But, um, I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of the justice system. I know Scott just had a really good talk about this on Fox about, uh, uh, you know, reforming the criminal justice system and um you know a lot of the things that we could get rid of uh, you know the five million laws on the books man um i mean let's go listen it's almost thanksgiving we can go around and say what we're thankful for or we can go ahead go around and say what's the worst part of the criminal justice system in america what do you think top oh putting me on what am i thankful for yeah no 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 not what you're thankful for what what part of the criminal justice system do you think is the worst well, I mean, the easy answer would probably be the war on drugs, but the more complicated answer would be like th- that we have a, we have a federal system that you go through all this kind of licensing and uh, and there's testing and stuff, but but you still have people like Reed Coverdale with a a license on the road. It's very dangerous, and <laughs> and I'm thinking about it, it, like, what, what comes to mind is the, holy that the thing shit that happened in Wisconsin. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that was a completely an accident. That guy just ran over like a hundred and something people. But, you know, we have we have people like Reed Coverdale on just driving around like all willy nilly. So, I mean, who's to really say what's going on? And, and, you know, yeah, this is it's just a complete sham. This federal system. Oh, my so, goodness. Not just that, but he's, he's driving and live streaming. I mean, get this menace <laughs> off the road. He's, he's driving from the wrong seat. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's in the passenger seat for sure. Dave Casey, what's, your, what's the worst part about the American criminal justice system? Uh, well, I know I'm on your show, Josh, so I would say family court. Nice. That's the, that's the one. That's, Dude. Bro, I've seen so many people just destroyed, depleted. The court wins every single time both sides and it's just this machine that just feeds itself by destroying families it's i don't know yeah he dropped the drug war so that's probably the next one i could think of yeah the fathers fathers get chewed up and spit out there oh Oh, i know all about it buddy i've been through it twice (laughs) scott (laughs) what's your what's what's your least favorite part about the u.s criminal justice system uh well i just want to second what homie just said about the family court system is my cousin's going through that stuff right now. And it's just so absolutely unfair, but I guess I would have to narrow it down to immunity for the cops, the prosecutors and the judges. You know, I just interviewed this lady who did a series for the Philadelphia inquirer about all of the just horrible detectives and DAs who just railroaded people for generations, like from the 1970s through a couple of years ago, they were just railroading whoever they felt like, intimidating people to get you know false testimony and jailhouse snitches and all the worst of it It was a huge series and then but i kind of criticized her a little at the end and i said i noticed that you don't have a part on the judges it somehow just sort of goes without saying that these guys all have total immunity forever no matter what decision they make on that bench they could never ever 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 be held responsible for unless you like had them on tape directly taking a stack of hundred dollar bills from an arab to change his ruling or something in the most blatant way. They have total immunity. So you got judges who sit and watch a generation of innocent men go to prison and no one even thinks to hold them responsible. Right. Right. So that to me is, is the thing that really gets me is the prosecutors and the judges not even, and, and then think of it though, like if an innocent person got out and that meant that the DA and the judge had to like be reviewed and maybe get in trouble for an innocent person being convicted by them, 
then no innocent people would ever get out. Right. right? That, they would just stop all appeals. They would make it impossible to prove your innocence anymore if there was ever to be accountability for these people at all. So that's pick your poison. You want you want no good appeals, no ability for people to get out, or would you like to try to have some accountability for the people in charge of railroading the innocent? And uh, I think that's the worst part, man. Sure. Read Coverdale. The le- your least favorite part about the U.S. criminal justice system. Don't say Israel challenge. Please, <laughs> Honestly, I know that's something that we say we shouldn't be obsessing over, which is true. There's other things going on, but you know, red flag laws, seizure of property without actually, uh, you know, uh, accusing somebody of a crime. I think that's really screwed up. I mean, you know, you see Top Lobster, he's a little skinny Puerto Rican guy. Yeah, he probably came here illegally and stole the car he's driving, but that doesn't mean you can just take it from him without proving that or something. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's, that's right. I agree completely. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to touch on something Scott said because he kind of reminded me. A, a more serious answer would have been bail reform for me. And it just drives me crazy, like the prices that they set. Uh, I know that uh, Lynn Wood kind of held this over Kyle Rittenhouse's head yes. where he was he was in jail for like three months because his bail was like a million dollars and they were fundraising and then exploiting him and using him as a political tool. But yeah, Lynn, we, Lynn told him to sit in jail. We talked about that last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but something more interesting that came up with the truck driver in Wisconsin, I, I forget the name of, of whatever, uh, that guy was led out of jail early on some kind of new progressive policy where they were just foregoing bail. Right. And this guy has skipped on bail before. So I, I really don't know what to think. Things are just really, it's, it's really messed up, really weird out there. Yeah, absolutely. Clint. Well, look, I mean, on the oh. bail reform thing, I think the idea obviously was bail reform for everybody except those who were, you know, accused of especially multiple violent felonies. Nobody was saying let's have bail reform for them. It was, you know, people who and even like the Rittenhouse thing, it's not like he was a career criminal or had any history. Whereas this guy with the truck attack had a huge rap sheet of violent felonies and he gets accused of running over his old lady with the car, which is attempted murder. And then they let him out on a thousand dollars bail and then they go, ah, see, bail reform is stupid and commie and left wing and, and dumb. But it's like, yeah, no, there are people who are accused of nothing. And, or, or people who are accused of a one-off type crime who can't afford to even get out before their trial, which might be a year or something right. like that, you right. know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it, the whole thing is screwed up. And leave it to the goddamn progressives to do that. Like, okay, our first priority is we want to let all the armed robbers and multiple violent felons, you know, like with the COVID releases. We're doing COVID releases. Anyone here would have said, okay, we're going to release everybody except the violent felons. You know, right. and they're like, no, the violent felons get to go just the same as the shoplifters. <laughs> they go whatever, first. You know? <laughs> yeah, let the violent. Hey, in California, the violent gets to go first, man. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the, the, the paleo con or the, uh, I don't know, whatever this new libertarian fringe argument would be that this is the, the peril of allying ourselves with the left wing is that oftentimes, even if we get what we want, they do it in the worst possible way. And it makes our ideas look stupid, which is what happened with bail reform. Uh, I'm going to pivot on this. And instead of saying what I hate most about uh, the police or justice system is that um, in honor of Thanksgiving, I'm going to say I'm thankful for them because I think that they are the most brazen, aggressive, obvious demonstration of the evils of the state. And I think that 
we've all got to witness it, especially with social media. It has waken a ton of people up. And um, for that, I'm grateful. I think that as, as bad as it is, there there is some silver lining in how obviously fucked up they are. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's it's really been a, a good for us for the last two years how many people are getting red-pilled on all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Mr. Yep. Chase Geyser, sir, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I can't complain, man. Why, why don't you tell us? Listen, listen, you're somebody who was in the Republican Party, right? And, uh, and, yeah. and kind of recently have been, I've been seeing a lot of posts from you that are like, you know what? Fuck both these parties. And, and yeah. you know, I enjoy that. But, but yeah, I mean, when people call me a racist and a Republican on Twitter, I say, don't you dare call me a Republican. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what's your, what's the, for you, what's the worst part of the U.S. criminal justice system? I mean, you're, you know, you're, uh, we, we're watching a lot. We got America watching a lot of trials right now, probably for the first time ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it, it's really an interesting, uh, it's an interesting, interesting subject right now. But I mean, what, what do you think, man? What, what's your, what's your least favorite part? I would say the incentive for the prosecution to win, regardless of whether or not they believe that defendants are guilty, sure. is probably a number one problem. Uh, I, for a long time, have thought this could be naive or misguided, but I have thought for a long time that it would be awesome if we paid public defenders fat bonuses for winning cases and prosecution got no, um, uh, uh, had, no, had no additional incentive to win. I think Dave Smith has blown up your the chat. By the way, I think he's ready to come in. <laughs> oh, look at that! Look at that! So, he says, "Let me in, bitch." Look at there he is. How dare you ingrate? A lot of times. Holy shit! What's up, Dave? How you doing, buddy? What's up, Dave? My inbox. I respond. Oh hey, what's going on, Chase Rachel's? It's nice to finally. Never had the pleasure. That neck is not that long enough. Love that book. Uh, everyone is saying everyone's saying their favorite white racial slur, Dave. So you're up. <laughs> favorite white racial slur. Oh, that's fuck. I'm gonna need a second for that. Favorite white racial slur. Right, come on, you know, obviously Peckerwood. Peckerwood's all right. It's all right. I'm a big it's fan not, of chocolate. I, I don't like it. Honky. I like Honky's a classic. What do they call Reed? Male monkey. Yeah, mayo monkey. Mayo monkey one. might be the best one. That's like, a good one. I like the yogurt, the yogurt yeti, and the cockroach are my two favorites. Oh my God. By the way, I when I came in for a second, this is the the one thing I saw when I first came in and was like backstage before you let me in was you just go uh, with this many people on a stream and already I'm like holy shit. And then you go, Josh hosting it goes, hey Clint, so what do you think about that? And Scott goes, all right, one more thing. You can't have this many people and Horton on a podcast (laughs) together. Like you can either have Horton. Horton is this many people on his own. Yeah, true. Well, hey, I didn't ask Ryan Dawson to be on. You know what I mean? That would have been, it would have just been for, it would have been the Ryan Dawson, Scott Horton and Dave Smith show. It really would have been, that's it. I would, I would love to talk to Ryan, but I have weather to control. So I, can't, uh, I can't spend all day. Can't do it all. Stacking gold coins. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, Dave, we're going around. Uh, say, you know, we're, instead of saying what we're thankful for, we're we're talking about what we think is the worst part of the U.S. criminal justice system. Because oh, that's the most libertarian thing ever. Yeah. Well, it's, what do it's I? What I was going to say. Uh, this Thanksgiving, what do I want to abolish? Libertarian Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because it's because look, there's a lot of people watching trials for the first time ever in their entire life this last yeah. month you know between kyle rittenhouse now people trying to fight you got to call in and listen to the Ghislaine maxwell uh, uh trial they're not airing it on tv obviously ahmaud aubrey i mean there's a lot going on very very crazy stuff man but yeah wh- what do you what do you think what's your what's your least favorite part of the uh well, u.s criminal justice system 
least okay well first i'll say i haven't uh, managed to catch any of those trials because i've just i've been uh with christopher cantwell in his trial <laughs> trying to trying to catch his back just for moral support reasons wanted to be there although i will say that is the one that no one wants to touch which is you know it's so funny because like libertarians can and i know i'll catch nothing but shit for this but i don't, I don't care um but you know like it, we could say like oh you know obama can't just drone bomb murder Anwar Alaki without any charges or anything because that's an American citizen sure. and this was a guy who like legitimately joined up with Al-Qaeda and swore allegiance to them but we could still stand on principles and be like well no they get a, he has a right to be charged and have a trial and all of this shit but like that there is something pretty creepy about that verdict and even if it was neo-nazis who got it it's like all right, like you just, you know, they're on the hook now because violence broke out at this rally. And anyway, just touching on that, because that'll lead into the, the worst part of the criminal justice system is that, you know, the people most responsible at Charlottesville for the violence were, you know, it's like everyone looks at Charlottesville like there were these two groups. There was like the neo-Nazis and there was the Antifa people. But really, there were three groups. There was the alt-right the Antifa people and the cops, right. the, the people with a, a violent enforced monopoly on security. And they led the alt-right people right into the Antifa people, like the, the dumbest thing ever, and kind of in many ways created all the violence. And of course, they get off for it yet, like they'll never face any responsibility for it or liability. And yet like $25 million is off to, you know. So anyway, I guess libertarians like, it's like, I don't know, are we the people who go like, well, they have really fucked up views and it's very unfashionable to defend them. So it's OK that they're responsible for violence at their event. Or are we the people who would be like, oh, look, I don't care how evil I don't care if it's a communist group or a fascist group or whatever. You still kind of have this free speech thing. And the only person responsible for that, you know, murder there is the person who murdered th that girl and sure. or whatever that he was convicted of murder. Um Anyway, the point is, forget laws, The like, because that's not really the, exactly what you're asking. Like, the worst part of the criminal justice system is that the state has complete immunity, always. Right. And the, you know, what was it in the uh, Breonna Taylor case? What was it last month, I think? They I fucking they, said that, Dave. Oh, shit. Of course. <laughs> Don't don't go to Scott before me, because then my thing just sounds regurgitated. No, it's good. It's good. You guys say but it in different ways. And, and tell me if I'm right about this, Scott, because you'll know this. But didn't they officially rule that Breonna Taylor's boyfriend uh, acted in self-defense or whatever? They, they did, or, yeah. or that he couldn't write? So, so they basically said that, yeah, this guy, his claim was that he thought people were fucking breaking into his house in the middle of the night. Right. And he started now, shooting at them. If I have it right, Dave, I think you're conflating two different cases. I think you're talking about coffee. Oh, yeah, coffee. No. No, 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 oh, no. I'm talking about, week. no, I'm not the one that just happened. I'm talking about oh, like okay. it was like over a month ago. I think Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, they found that he, they couldn't charge him. Yeah, I guess that's right. They just dropped the charges. I don't think he went to trial. I oh, think okay. They, maybe that's it or whatever. Yeah, they, they dropped the charges. But yeah. even that, it's like, okay, so then what's the situation there? Then the right. situation is the obvious aggressors were right. the cops. And they'll right. be and and no one would even fathom that these cops would be charged criminally right. with. But clearly they're the aggressors. I mean, if any 
if any of us did some shit like that, it'd be like, yeah, you're going to you're going to fry and no one's going to feel bad oh, for yeah. you ever. And yeah. you'd be responsible for for murder, for for yeah. killing this girl. And so and then a bunch of other charges, you know. Um, and so that's the worst part about it is that it's like you you already started off with this two tiered system. And it's like what what the, the other thing is like what Rothbard wrote about in um in Foreign New Liberty, that the the idea that. um you know that that you're you're not innocent until proven guilty in this system you're there's people there's this rikers island you know there's like this whole fucking uh uh prison of of fucking people who haven't been convicted right. of anything those people are innocent and either we believe that or we don't and i'll say the last final thing i'll say right in that in that rothbard uh essay that's the, the like the most controversial amongst libertarians thing that he ever wrote, oh, which yeah. the uh, the pale the paleo uh, strategy or whatever. And he says, unleash the cops. And everyone always focuses on that line. But the very next words after that are what subject, of course, to liability if they're found to be wrong. So right. feel however you feel about that sentence. I'm not saying you have to agree with it, but. From a libertarian perspective, that second part that gets left off is very important, yeah. right? Like that's a really yeah. big deal to say, yeah, okay, you could have whatever policy you want, but the market or the best simulated market for the government response is that, no, if it's found that you're not right about this, then you're on the hook. And that's the part of the criminal justice system that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. And that's look, I think um, probably the best news this week was that the, or, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago. The process, the original DA in the Ahmed Aubrey case was indicted for obstruction yeah. of justice. Right. Yeah. And this is a case that's straight out of the battle days, right? That's so rare. These three white guys hunt down this black guy and confront him on some bogus citizen's arrest where they're in no position to initiate this aggression the way that they do. He tries to defend himself. They kill him dead. But they used to work for, you know, one of them was a former cop. The father was a former cop, right. I think. And the, and the neighbor had used to work as an investigator of some kind for the DA. She came out and told the cops, don't arrest them. We're not charging them. We're letting them get away. And it was good old boy good shit old kicked right club. in. Yep. And they were getting away with this for a month or six weeks or something until the video came out. And somebody, I don't know if it leaked or if they, you know, turned it over to the newspaper of the video that the neighbor took of him and his friends hunting and killing this guy. Right. At that point, it turned into a big scandal. And, you know, I understand there's a lot of reason to be mad at the left these days. This is not a right wing movement that now has made it where these white guys and, and this uh, prosecutor lady are not going to be able to get away with just either ignoring the charges or impaneling an all white jury and putting a rubber stamp and letting them get away with it, which is the history of this country going back for hundreds of years the way it has been. And then you look at what happened in this case is they tried to they tried that. They tr they went with that, but no, it was canceled. And you know, by outrage on the left, essentially saying there's no way you're going to get away with this. And now, you know, it's possible she's going to get at least a slap on the wrist. I mean, she's been indicted on a couple of different charges for this. So, you know, that guy would have yeah, not gotten system, justice if it hadn't so been the system, video, really, right? And for the politics of the current era, that like there's got to be a line you can't cross, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. But the, the weird thing about like the the political dynamics today, right, is that so it went from the history of being like we will use this like heavy, brutal, like uh, uh, no justice tactics on black people, like they have no rights and we can do whatever we want to them. And then the 
uh, like it transformed into like, all right, we'll be colorblind about it and just do it to all poor people. Right. Like we'll just fuck <laughs> over all poor people the way we used to fuck over black people. And then the left decided we will defend the black people who are fucked over. Right. But not everybody. <laughs> so you're else. in this situation <laughs> where you're like, you know, like the left, like if that was some white guy in the same situation, the left would have no interest in it. It would just be like, whatever. No, who right. cares? There's no narrative to well, spin here. So it's add- so easy to be reactionary against either side of that right that did read did you i'm sorry i didn't even say hi to you and i just saw you in the chat say you have to go something i said yeah, no reed could only do a little <laughs> while anyways he's driving man reed's driving with a nokia phone on his face right now oh damn dude we love you too reed happy thanksgiving buddy happy thanksgiving my brother all right let's and, and let's for, for your mom quick, said hi. Quick, quick silver lining also I think in both of these cases, both Aubrey and Rittenhouse, if it's not for the technocracy, you know, technology that's ever present, which libertarians often fearmonger about, I think both of these guys end up in in the opposite position where uh, Aubrey's murders get get away and Rittenhouse is sent to prison for the rest of his life, if not worse. So, yeah, yeah. and you could say just to Scott's point, right, like you could see how. All of the like these are at least for me, I don't know as much about the the like I followed the Rittenhouse case partly because that was televised from what I know, like both these verdicts were correct from what I've followed. Yeah. Hey, but Josh, I, I, put them on full screen so I can hit this thing. Oh, 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 hold on. Wait, 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 Scott. Wait, I'm, I'm hitting my own. To smoke but, weed with, okay, yeah, I'm hitting my own. But hey, okay, listen. So we're going to go We're gonna go to Dan because Dan is the last, the odd man out here. Oh, my, my good conspiracy theorist friend. He's the he's the last guy to, to give us his gripe about the U.S. Uh, criminal justice system. What do you think, Dan? First off, you saved me for last after Scott Horton and Dave Smith and everybody else, <laughs> which is just lovely of you. Um, so an hour later, I get to answer with uh, my my statement. He's, well, you've had cares. the most time to think about it. Who cares? You know? It's Thanksgiving, Josh. Stop being so autistic and asking autistic <laughs> questions. Um, I would say maybe, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> such a weird question. What is your least favorite thing? Uh, the whole thing is pretty fucked, but um, I, I would say maybe how, the, just to throw out something different, um, and expanding on this a bit, uh, how the rules are made up and the points don't matter, basically, or sure. uh, how this, uh, this, um, I don't like being a- above the law if you are of a certain uh, demographic or a certain uh, financial bracket, and um, you know the the same stuff that applies to cops that applies to them as well. Clearly, like uh, the stuff that we're seeing uh, in the white house currently, it's like, if any of us did anything even remotely close to what any of these people did, we'd all be arrested for it. Like if you like, they're pushing this race war on us when it's a class war. And it's so obvious that, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton's not being constantly indicted or locked up a long time ago. (laughs) Right. Um, I I don't know the the rules made up and the points don't matter. All of it. Final answer. Fucking all. Also Dave Smith, Dave Smith. Porkfest. You said, if I called you a Nazi, you'd come on my show. You gave That's me your right. email address. You never responded, and now I'm calling you a coward. <laughs> oh, buddy, <laughs> I said I'd, I'd said I'd come on your show, and I will come on your show. Uh oh, that's, that's recorded. Like, I will get back. Is this like that a Jesus email. is coming Any, soon type thing? Yeah, that's Any right. You gotta have faith, brother. You gotta fucking, you gotta believe. <laughs> he said this. He said this before we faced. He said this before we started the show. He said this, Dave, and I said, no, 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 don't worry. What you do is you send him a Twitter message, and then you wait six months. That's how it works. Dude, listen, you, it. Listen, you, you give me a date and a time right now, and I will be there. Right Shit. now? 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What happened? Did you give me one? Oh, he disconnected. I'm sorry. It's, it's choppy. It's choppy in my ear. I got. It's my. It's my I'm, connection. I'm on, I'm on a hot spot. Dan does have one of the one of the coolest shows out there. He's just super shadow banned on like I every would, platform. It's true. I'm I would. I would be down to do your show. I I watched your show uh, the other day. I watched your show when oh, you nice. had those guys from uh, from Delaware on. Which was, that was a real good episode. Holy shit. That was incredible. Are you, are you talking about the uh when Dave and uh Bill no, and No, not the one the, with Dave. The good no, one. No, not an insult <laughs> to Dave, but just to hear those guys defend themselves oh, yeah, or yeah. if that's what you would call it. Could it, been, could it have been? Could it have been any? That. Could it have been any worse than that? Than that interview, man. I mean, it was. Like, I was like, I was like, I'm not sure which side you guys are arguing for. Like, <laughs> dude, this... I've, I've said multiple times, those guys showed up. Like, I invite, I gave a call out, and they accepted. So I was like, well, I have to have them on. I didn't expect him to show up like three foot deep holding a shovel in hand like let's get this buddy Here we go. it honestly like, reminded me of amazing. archie's debate with dave <laughs> he, well, had, he concedes everything yes, and he's just like you know, i had to do what i had next to do. question i had i had more respect for the response to the new hampshire thing than that one like those right. guys like you would just be like but doesn't it seem pretty wrong what you're doing and they're like yes yeah, yeah. no it is That's totally yeah. unethical <laughs> I mean, it's completely it's like wrong. gage gross like, yeah i mean like <laughs> Like horrifically wrong. Yeah. I'd shoot yeah. a man for doing this to me. And then they go on uh, on the, they, they who shall not be named go on their podcast and they don't challenge them on anything and they're just like they they said at one point. Um, so I he said I think it it was pretty shady. Basically, this is not verbatim, but I think it was pretty shady. But I, I believe pretty strongly that if we hadn't done it, the Mises Caucus would have. So um, we just yeah. didn't do it. Yeah, yeah it was this the, is the Bush, Bush doctrine. Doctrine. Does That makes That's, sense. It, yeah, it was the Bush doctrine. Three strikes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you got to strike first, man. Strike yeah. first, strike hard. You know, be it, corrupt first. We so got to fight them the over there so we can be free over here, buddy. You know, That's right. That's how it works. Scott, I see Scott's just like drooling. Like, he's like seizing, freaking out. Like, fucking Bush. W book, and I started thinking about things. I didn't realize that the Bush doctrine and the Karate Kid defense are the same thing. Like <laughs> <laughs> hard strike fast. No can defend. That's oh the God. Cobra Kai. Uh, Cobra Kai, doctrine. excuse me. Don't, right. don't start putting this shit on Miyagi, though. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Cobra, that good energy. The, the Cobra Kai were actually the good guys in that movie, so... There is, it is, there's a lot of evidence of that when you look back at it objectively, but you know, I was a Daniel guy. I was just like, I, he, like, I kind of looked like him and he was like skinny and shit and getting bullied. And I was like, when I was watching it, I was like six and I was getting bullied and skinny. And I was like, man, that'd be so awesome if there was some old Okinawan guy who taught me how to kick everybody's (laughs) ass in my building. But there never was. There was just a Mexican janitor and he didn't fight for shit. He's like, Asian. You can't have a Jewish ninja. (laughs) (laughs) You can start waxing cars outside of a spa. Oh, yeah. I did it. I waxed 5,000 cars and still got my ass kicked that day. Turns out that doesn't help you fight at all. See, that's the difference. That's the difference between between Dave and myself. Is he's from New York, so of course he sided with with Daniel, and I'm from California, so I had to I had to side with the uh, the, the Cobra Kai man. You know, we're, so be, we're beach like, kids. You're like these guys are cool. Yeah. What's your problem? Yeah, they're, they're, this is exactly how California is. What are you talking about? Well, Clint knows he's from down there. Yeah, well, I was going to say if it makes you guys feel any better. Uh, whatever side you were on, Taekwondo, all it created because of Karate Kid was 
millions of overweight white kids that thought they could defend themselves because they memorized a few of the forms. <laughs> Me and Antifa and got wrecked. <laughs> you talking yeah, about yourself? Another Antifa today. The so. best part about like uh, um, early UFC, if you ever watch it, was that there were these guys. So back then, like it started in 1993, and this was the era of like karate dojos and shit. Oh you yeah. Know? And there were these guys who came in who really believed their own thing like and they'd be like look i have this eagle crane punch and <laughs> i've never been allowed to practice it on a man because it will stop your heart you know but like i'm gonna go deliver this punch and then they go in there and they're like huh and then like there's a boxer and the boxer just like hits them with the right cross and they've never been punched in their life like, oh, oh. Like hitting an eagle crane. like and they're like, or or a wrestler just takes them down, and now they're on their back, and they're like, "Well, I've never tried this before, so I don't know what I do here," and it just all fall apart. You'd be surprised. Them. So, I, you know, I trained at like five different MMA gyms, and you'd be surprised how often people walking off the streets, like, "Oh, you know, I was a boxer for years and years and years," or "I was this," or "I do karate," and they just come in and get smoked, dude. I mean, just I, I'm by like low level blue belts in jujitsu yeah. just destroying these people i mean it's not even close you know what i mean and and, and it's very common that you, you could you can google this and there's like video after video of it on youtube it's just all over yeah. the place man it's, it's really great honestly yeah. some the, of those guys are pretty videos, fucked up yeah. that they'll actually like fight them oh, yeah. and stuff oh, and you're yeah. like dude yeah. don't you come on you don't really no, have some to of these guys deserve point. it <laughs> there's there's some videos of guys that are they're they're like a dojo masters and they say they have black belts and whatnot and then they'll come in with the video crew and they're like, you don't have a black belt. They'll challenge them to some jujitsu match and just yeah. like break their arm. It's like, you deserve that shit. Yeah, that, that's, like, <laughs> that's a little cash. different. That's like the stolen valor of MMA. I'm talking just about the guys who are like, look, I've been in 5,000 street fights and I've never lost one. But it's like some fat middle-aged dude. And then Always. they're like, okay, well, here's the UFC Bantamweight champion. Do you want to fight him in a cage? And then the guy just like, like knocks him out. And you're like, Jesus, dude. My favorite video. We there, all know. There's a video of Nate Diaz when he was like 15 years old, right? They're, they're from where I'm from, the same area. I'm from Antioch, Stockton. It's about 20 minutes away. And, uh, you know, these kids grew up in Stockton. It's bad. It's really fucking bad in Stockton, California. And uh, uh, it's like this 38 to 40-year-old man that, like, challenged him, and he just and he just wrecks him. I mean, taps him out within, like, 30 seconds. And and Nate's, like, 15. He's, like, bleach blonde hair. He's all scrawny and, and just, just destroys him. It, it happens a lot, man. I mean, it really is. I'm about to make you really jealous. I got Jake Shields coming on on Tuesday. Oh, that'll be, that'll oh, be fun. Oh, really? One. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Jake, yeah, he's cool. uh He's he's got some pretty good takes too. Like I've seen him on uh he's he's like retweeted my stuff a few times and, and oh, shit yeah. like that. And then I'll see him and then I'll see some of the stuff he posts and like uh he's like uh I think he's libertarian leaning. Uh um John Fish, uh Fitch, 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 Fitch yeah. who's a, a UFC fighter yeah, for a long Oregon. time, really good one. He's he's like a libertarian. Ben Askren seems to be like pretty libertarian he's very, meaning he's saying, very crypto he's, like he's crypto. really yeah. well okay but that's yeah. enough that's that'll carry over Dave, I, I know you're too bit. humble to take this credit but i would bet a lot of money that these guys because of all your appearances on rogan and you know they don't ever miss an episode of rogan i bet you money when i ask these guys who converted them you're going to be listed yep uh well maybe but rogan to to be fair and and not give me that much credit rogan has had it's not oh, sure. just me rogan's had a lot of like you know he's had peter schiff on a whole bunch of times and he's had um he's had a bunch of other libertarians oh, on yeah. the show or at least oh, like and and also You're just, just people well obviously but uh he but a lot of people who are just like you know good in that uh, look rogan himself was a ron paul guy back sure. in the day 
And just unfortunately, this is the problem of like, oh, God, it's just so infuriating in a way. But like you think so Rogan, you're, you guys all remember on The Tonight Show when Rogan came on in a yeah. Ron Paul shirt. Yep. But back then he was just the fear factor guy. Right. He wasn't like what we know as Joe Rogan now. But imagine like the timelines just being a little bit more converged, you know, yeah. like when when Ron Paul in 2012 couldn't get on, you know, they're blacking him out on CNN and John uh, John Stewart's doing that piece about how no one will give him a shot. And at that time, it wasn't like there wasn't that big of a, of a there was really no podcast scene. There right. was almost no social media scene. There was nothing. But imagine at that time, Joe Rogan has no exaggeration, 10 times the audience of CNN. And we'll just have Ron Paul on for three hours and that'll go like crazy viral and all these oh, moments. Man. And, oh, yeah. it just didn't quite especially line up. Especially in 08. He was so good in 08. And oh, especially so like good. the long form interviews. The best oh. interview of Ron was yeah. with a New Hampshire newspaper where he so, just sat down and talked to them for like an hour and a half. And it's like, dude, this is the best guy in in politics and world history ever like this you can't beat this with a stick ron, ron is the reason i'm ron is the reason just, i'm a libertarian there's no doubt about it and 2008 is the reason why i'm a libertarian yeah, yeah no me too why does yeah, someone, you guys are, you guys are very bro what, why does 2008 ron, ron with joe rogan for three hours would really Ooh. be what, what's up what's up chase I was saying, why did so many Ron Paul supporters support Bernie Sanders? Like, have you noticed that? Like, among just the at the people level, that like the same demographic that was all gung ho about Ron Paul in 08 and 2012, when Sanders ran, they were all about Sanders. Some, was it? some of them. Because I mean, autism cuts both ways. that by any means, but autism, well, autism cuts both ways. No, here's my take. I'll give you my take on this. <laughs> I think it's because uh, a lot of people who supported Ron Paul in in 08, especially, were not libertarians per se but they saw someone who had been consistently saying the same things in in congress for a long time and some of those people are independents and so when they saw somebody like bernie sanders who has been pretty consistent throughout his career saying the same thing in politics they saw him as an honest person who wanted to do the right thing and that's just how they you know some of the boomers especially that's just what you know what they what they think that these are the right people for because they've been saying these things and they're they seem genuine so that was always my take on it i did see some ron paul supporters become bernie supporters in in uh, 2016. I think, I think there's been a populist movement that began under ron paul transferred to bernie and then went to trump and now we're going to see where it ends up. But right. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting. A lot of these people, yeah. There's to regular people, they don't know about all this left and right stuff. You know, my wife was showing me this thing, where it's like, I don't know, all these women. There's some one doctor and all these like feminists, and they're talking about feminism and trans issues and vaccines and whatever they're talking about. And the one lady's like, "Listen, I'm a conservative because I'm a socialist." And so, <laughs> I want, uh, sure. man, she might be the only honest conservative. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's that, but that's not what she meant. She just didn't know. know what the fuck how, she was talking How fast did she drive, you know Scott? I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, she, I, we, I, was say, I was talking to Michael Heiss today, and and he was talking about what you got, what Dave was just saying with a uh, like, what if what if Joe Rogan had that moment when Ron Paul, you know, in 2008, if Joe Rogan had that kind of status and. And Mike was saying that he's, you know, he's excited about this movement because just yesterday, uh, Tim Pool had on uh, uh, the like one of one of these advisors for that worked for Trump, and they actually brought up the Mises Caucus right to his face when they were talking about. He was talking about libertarians, and and Tim Pool was like, "Let me stop you. The Mises Caucus is the real deal." 
And I think you guys are a little too close to it because you're talking about what if Ron Paul in 2008, but we have Dave Smith in 2021 right now. And we've got yeah. Scott Horton, and we've got Tom Woods and we've got, you know, Josh Smith and we got, we have superstars here and we're, we're kind of using this beautiful lane, yeah. this beautiful lane of the internet that's almost untapped. And, and you do have that Joe Rogan now. So well, that's like, but that's, so that's essentially right. The essence of the pitch of why be in the libertarian party. And and right. so I was a guy, right? Like I was just a Ron Paul guy and a kid. I mean, I'm I'm put him on full screen, Josh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I was so I was a uh, um you know whatever. I'm fucking born in '83, so in 2008 I was 25, right? 24. Wait, when's when your I birthday, Dave? Paul, uh, April 20th. Oh shit, you're you're literally yeah, wow, you're literally you're a month yeah, you're a month younger than me. You're one month younger. If than you're me. a if you're a cool left libertarian, you think oh the pot smoking, and if you're the uncool left libertarian, you go the same birthday as Hitler. Yeah, but yeah. I uh but so I was like 24. I, I was young, you know, when I found Ron Paul, and when I was you know he converted me and all this stuff, and when he would say he was like, well look the the whole all the rules are rigged, so you have to run with the Republicans or the Democrats because uh, I was like, yeah, that's it. There's no point for third parties. I just totally accepted that as a reality. Right. But once it got to like around 2016 and I saw what was going on there and and then like 2017 and up to now, you go, well, wait a minute. Why exactly do I still have to follow all those old rules and norms when everything's been revolutionized? And now we're in a position where we really don't need to play that game anymore. And so if if we can go on the like, why do I even care about the debate stage or getting on CNN? CNN, you know, Glenn Greenwald does a great job. He he'll tweet this stuff all the time where there, there's like multiple days now in a row where CNN will not have one show that cracks 1 million viewers. Right. <laughs> and and like that's and and Rogan's putting up like 10 mil on on an average episode for 3 so hour why, episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instead of getting on for like a cumulative 5 minutes, I could go on for 3 hours and really talk to people and talk to much more than 10 times the audience, 10 times the audience if I get on the biggest show on right. CNN. You know what I mean? And so at that point, you go like, well, but why, then why do I need to pretend to be a Democrat or pretend to be a Republican? And you see this all the time with some of our friends, people that we really like, you know, but who are like Liberty Republicans, which I have nothing mm -hmm. against, but they're there and they're always kind of like apologizing around the edges. Right. And, and they're just not quite allowed to tell the truth. And, and like if someone's like, you know, like making a whole bunch of defense of, of cops, like we always have to support the boys in blues. And I'm and I'm like, fuck you. And they're like, oh, come on, Dave, let's like be allies and not that. Like, why can't why can't I just tell the truth? Right. Like, why, why do I have to like, why should we be in this position of pretending we're Republicans? Right. Like, we're not. No, we're not, not the same as about you. it, guys. As libertarians, can I please ask you guys a strategy question? Yeah, yeah, because Chase isn't a libertarian. So let's do it. No, no, no. I'm close though. Yeah. And I'm not one of those like always back to blue guys. I'm probably far closer to libertarian than I am any other official political party. But why doesn't the libertarian party put all of its muscle in Texas? Because if you took 5% of the conservative vote just in this state, you could withhold the presidency from any Republican candidate and slap the fucking party around. True. Like just yeah. not that strategic. I mean, I've talked to the Texas Libertarian Party about things like that. We're like when it was Cruz versus Beto. Yeah, I said what you should be doing is. But Dave, just run in Texas, only in Texas. Uh, <laughs> well, 
don't know about that, but at least, you know, extort the Republicans. Like, look, if you guys don't want us to split your fucking vote, then you're going to have to get good on X, Y, and Z, or we're going to fuck you good. That should be the message, but it's not. There's just nothing that coordinated. But those things are changing. Essentially, we got a new generation of people taking over the Libertarian Party who are interested in being creative and doing shit like that. But look, as far as the media thing, for everybody, you know, uh, part of this group and everybody watching, think about the same conversation about the alternative media and all that, but now in two more years. And we're now, you know, and and this is why I've always thought this for a very long time. It's why I tried to support Johnson and and, uh, Badnarik and whoever and the presidential candidates when they've asked me, Jorgensen even, to advise them. Um, over these years, because we want to have the best candidate we can get, because this is when Americans pay attention to politics is when it's a presidential election every four years. And if we want people to even learn the word libertarian and what it means, we got to have a good, a good candidate for president who can spread that message. And if you look at like why Tim Pool is interested in this, like he could sit around and read libertarian stuff. Doesn't seem like that's his interest. But if you tell him, look, man, we got our guy. We're going to run him for president as the Libertarian Party candidate for president. And that's what the argument is going to be about is who ought to have this power and what they ought to be able to do with it or not. And all of this, that's what catches his attention and his interest. Same for his audience. And then that goes for all of the alternative media stars. Right. In two years from now, when we have this conversation, Poor old Dave is not going to have a moment's rest, dude. Nope. He's going to be on, you know, the many <laughs> of all of the hugest podcasts everywhere. Well, TV dude, is going to be completely obsolete. And it's going to be, it is going to be an entire phenomenon. And I don't know what the fuck they're going to do about it. If not, if not years, having a moment's rest is what I'm in for. I am on some serious training right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> having, uh, having a newborn. Let me tell you, Josh. Kids, Josh, but you Rogan's have no have idea. Twenty million no, viewers listen, two years from now. You know. Well, well, hold on. I just want to tell Josh, you have no idea the stresses of having two children. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't imagine, so, dude. I couldn't imagine. I could I, imagine trying to have two infants in the house, bro. That's that's two, really you know. Two I'm just of saying, them. You know. Okay, so, uh, but, um, I, I got two well, infants. Think, two under one. I, I I think Scott's right. And and you see where this is all going. And but by the way, I think that's the major point, right? That's what like the whole thing is about, and, and what the project is about is that. So I went on on Tim Pool's show, I guess a couple times, and he, they loved me. All of them loved me. The same as when like I go on all these shows, like they fucking they were like, wow, that's okay. You make some really good points because of course, as I say before, and this is like what I really hate when um some of like some some libertarians have this more defeatist attitude. Um, which I understand to some degree, but when you've been around, let's say you've been, been doing for this for years, you know? 10 years, you've been doing this for 15 years, you, you've been in this world for a while now, and you're like, God damn, man, we've been doing all this and everything still doesn't work out for us. No, none of the policy prescriptions we have are followed and the government gets bigger and bigger and there's more shit and holy shit, I thought something was going to happen in 2008 with Ron Paul. And now look at us. We're like in lockdowns, you know, and like there's and, and the debt went from like nine trillion to 30 trillion and all this shit. I, I understand that. But. What I think you get removed from a lot is that if you think about. A, a very a serious libertarian person out there presenting these ideas like as an alternative to the establishment. We've done it twice ever. Right. Ever. 
in 2008 and in 2012. That's it. And you could talk Harry Brown, who's just like a, a fucking legend, but it wasn't really the same thing. He didn't really have a shot at being like in the conversation the way these other guys do. It was just a different time. He did turn and, a lot of people libertarian, though. Harry Brown, for sure. Yes. Yeah. For if you ever if you by the like off chance happen to see him on C-SPAN or something like that and you were an yeah. open minded person, you'd be like, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my right. life. But he never really the, the reason Ron Paul did that is because he could get in front of a big audience via the Republican debates, because at the time that was the way to do it. And we're saying now there's these other alternatives to do it. Right. But it. So someone like Tim Poole or Rogan or Greg Gutfeld or Kennedy or all these other people, you know, it's like you see they may be like, oh, wow, that's that real shit that you're talking about there. That's not like this other stuff. That's not Gary Johnson. And that's not like, you know, what we've heard from other people. That's like and but as soon as they hear like, oh, even a rumor of a presidential run, then they go, whoa all these possibilities which okay if we're all just being honest with ourselves it's silly that that's different because why is it different than just someone telling them what the truth is but that's just the way americans function right now like that's the cultural reality that we live in True. and so that's why there's value in this and and I mean, and that's that's why there's there's something special about this this idea right check out and look, here's boomer, the, boomer here's the goal george bush twice oh, look at geez. that guy oh scott <laughs> scott's gonna fight him stop it don't show scott uh, uh, I, the, the uh clockwork orange treatment and fix his brain good <laughs> no but listen so so this is what's going to happen two years right is it's not going to be just a, a presidential campaign the point is i mean if it works the point is we are going to dominate the political conversation in the country because whether it's Biden or Harris, neither of them have a goddamn thing to say. They can't stand on their record. I mean, they're, it, they got real problems. And I don't know if you guys saw, I mean, you guys know Kamala Harris. It's probably going to be her because they can't really replace her on the ticket or anything like that. They've basically got to give it to her. It's her turn for being vice president. And yet she's just absolutely so horrible. And then on the right, I think all presumptions are Trump is going to be the nominee, which means, one, he's going to bring the entire American populace's attention back to politics right. in a way that it hasn't been for four years. Right. Everybody's going to start paying attention again for the Trump show. But at the end of the day, he doesn't have anything to say. All he ever does is talk about himself and a bunch of crap. You know, it's just the Trump show. And so then that means it's just a huge opportunity for our guy to and through the new media like we're talking about here to completely dominate the conversation where they say that the election this year is about this but no we say that it's about these things and then essentially we win that that agenda at least not like dave is going to get elected president probably but that his God, agenda is what they have to discuss and everywhere they go people are saying to them listen i don't know that comedian guy said xyz what about that you know, and and where they just can't avoid it. And it, it'll be a huge step up from any of the last presidential campaigns. As Dave was saying, Harry Brown was great, but he didn't have access to change the no. world in that Ron Paulian way. Not at all. Dave is going to. Two years from now, we're going to have a Ron Paul revolution. <clears throat> Look, how come listen, we're going to dominate the entire goddamn Alternative campaign. media is dependent on not being just hyper-censored. How are we going to overcome that? Well... It's getting, yeah, we'll figure it out. We're getting more platforms. That's, that's and, another no, issue. That's, can, can, I, can I make two quick points, though? Yeah, sure. First off, there is a the biggest void in modern American politics is honesty. And that is something we can deliver that will appeal to yeah. a whole bunch of disenfranchised people. 
Second, um, I think that I, I was reading For New Liberty last night in my bed and I flipped the book over and I look at it and it says copyright 1979. I was born in 1982. And, yeah. and on the back of that book, it says uh, this, this is like the perfect encapsulation of all of the new ideas that are coming to American politics. <laughs> my point in saying all this is this, this concept, these ideas, this, this party has existed for a blink of an eye. In, right. in terms of like human history. I mean, certainly there's enlightenment thinkers and stuff where we, we stole ideas from, but point being to give up on this movement already yeah. after 50 years is such a fucking joke. I can't even believe well, that like, even, people yeah. seriously consider it. And I understand the despondency, but you got to get over it. We yeah, have a real like, opportunity. Dude, and I think change. sometimes, and, and sometimes I'll see people say this and even people like who I really, you know, think are great, like great libertarians. Like I see like some of the guys in the, the free state project and stuff. And they'll say, they're like, look, like, and I love what they're doing. I think the Free State Project's incredible. And every time I go to Porkfest, I have a great time up there. It's it's incredible. And I they're they're awesome, all those guys. But they'll say things like they're like, look, we just gotta concentrate because let's get real. The vast majority of people don't want this. And I just fall back to what I said. I'm like, listen, we tried this twice, and there was unbelievable amounts of enthusiasm <laughs> behind it so are yeah. you really telling me you don't think we should keep building on that and like yeah maybe it takes four or five more times i'm not saying 2024 is going to be the end all be all and then all the problems will be over but like you know and this is the thing i've, I've talked about a lot and, and i was trying to really hammer this home on pete's show uh, when I was on a few times ago, where it was like, listen, man, like my grandfather like went through World War II and the Holocaust and all of this stuff, and he kept moving forward so that I could be where I'm at today. And it's like, so you're telling me, so that's the cross that you have to bear? Is that it's like, oh, okay, and and you know, what are we talking about? Like going out and speaking and reaching new people and having a few beers afterward and all that right. stuff. Like that's the, yeah. it's like, come on, man. Like there are so many people who get so interested in this and I see it all the time. It's my, but my entire career. When I go out and do shows, man, like now it's like, I get flooded by people afterward who are like, dude, I never heard of any of this stuff. And it's so, this has changed my life and all of this. And it's like, why would we not? pursue that why would we, would we be that like you know particularly for the hoppians out there you're like hey what happened to time preference motherfucker right <laughs> hey, like let's let's go. fucking have He's a shrinking. little bit of like yeah, yeah let's let's like think about mm -hmm. a little bit beyond the next day and the next month and try to think that like look there's a real opportunity here to open. look me and scott talk about this a lot but the greatest tragedy of ron paul was just that his age didn't line up with his movement you know, sure. like he was just a little bit too old for when everyone got so interested. But man, if Ron Paul was 20 years younger, think about how many people are searching for some alternative to the establishment right now. And what's the problem with all of this stuff? What's the problem with Bernie Sanders and the problem with Trump and the problem with Ben Shapiro and the problem with Jordan Peterson and the problem with like every other, you know, like crazy popular figure who's who's telling you like there's something wrong here and there's another way to look at it. The problem is just that they're not Ron Paul right. and like that he had the answers right. and like none of them are talking about what really matters. And like, not that they're not. Some of them are talking about stuff that really matters, but none of them are getting right to the heart of it. And like right yeah. to the core with the exact thing that caused the problem and the exact thing that's the solution to it. And so we just need to get our voice out there. And and the issue is that and this is my biggest mission, like for whatever I do right now, is that when people think 
libertarian. And this is why Tim Pools is so excited by what we're doing and, and a lot of these guys is that when people think libertarian now, unfortunately, a lot of them are thinking Aleppo must be anti-racist. We support Black Lives Matter, the movement. You know, we support like they're thinking all these things, whereas like our job is to refocus that on like when you think libertarian, you think the people who were right about the wars, the Patriot Act, the deep state, the currency, the prison industrial complex, the police industrial complex, the you know, like you think the people who are right about all of these really serious things that really matter, that are the reasons the country is is spiraling out of control right now. That's what you think about. Right. Not any of this other nonsense. And not that you think about like, you know, whatever. Well, Dave, we let's, can... let's 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 switch gears just a little bit here. Dan's got to take off in a second. So, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about uh Ghislaine Maxwell and and the shit that's going on there. Uh so I want to go to Dan for that cuz Dan is is Mr. Conspiracy guy. But uh mm. I, I mean, what do you think what do you think that well, so is Dave Casey, I guess. But what what Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. What do you uh what do you what do you think is going to come from that that uh that trial, man? You think anything's going to come on from full it? screen mode, man? Yeah, <laughs> you've been really bad about that josh i'm trying to watch dude i i know i know it's just it's hard you know i'm trying to get everybody's uh uh twitter tags going under them and it's it's a lot man i'm trying all right all right go ahead yeah dude i as far as the i call her jizz lane um no, so do I. That's, that's what her name is yeah. uh as far as that whole case goes i don't i don't know if she even makes it to trial i'll be shocked um i'm so dis i don't know disenfranchised, dis, uh, disillusioned with the entire system. I made a show about it. But um, <laughs> like I was saying earlier about like the criminal justice system, I, I don't know. Like, is anything going to happen to her? Uh, probably something because they don't need her anymore. Same thing that happened to Epstein. But what's what I care about is what's going to happen to everybody that, that was there, every, all the accomplices, everything. Like, even if you set all the elitist assholes that went there and screwed kids, you set those aside, uh, which is probably way more than we even want to think about um but so two people ran this island two people ran this operation these are the only two people epstein and and uh, maxwell are the only two people that ran pedophile island that uh you know had elitists going in and out all the time right. flying planes and everything they're the only two people um outside of you know some celebrity names and whatnot obviously but um, like yeah, yeah. There, there's no other names that we haven't heard of that are are like that were directly there. Like who was cleaning the showers? Who was cleaning the the jizz stain, jizz lane stains off the United Nations? Or mostly probably, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I just yeah. I I was looking over the uh, the list of names from the civil case that came out last year, and I mean, and now and now, from what I understand, uh, Clint was talking today about Jay Z being named in a lot of this stuff. Yep. And if you were a big fan of Jay Z, you better listen to all his his shit now because you're not gonna like him next yeah. year. Uh, it, I, it's just it's fucking insane to me. I was reading over that list because I never looked at the list last year. It's when bad. The, the civil. I mean, there's. I mean, Disney Even Corporation. Brit Corporation. I mean, all Why these. Why would Jay Z be going to sing for Hillary Clinton if he wasn't being blackmailed, bro? <laughs> True. Yeah. True. It's a fair yeah. Point. Uh, yeah. Good point. True, dude. It's pretty yeah, apparently, shit right apparently there. he was doing he was doing like a gang rape with uh with Harvey Weinstein. I was like, what the yeah, fuck? Jay -Z, yeah, Jay Z. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean uh, that that that. Let, let me be fair. I and I corrected my tweet. That case was dismissed. However, all those people listed. You had Rockefeller Records and all these all these big labels and shit. Disney Disney was listed. Um, but in the actual filing, 
it goes so far as to detail how Jay-Z had sex with a 13-year-old, a.k.a. raped a 13-year-old. I'm not saying it's true, but based off the other two people that are accused in that, Weinstein and Epstein, uh, doesn't look good for him. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. He well, made like two I'll, full-length records with R. Kelly, too, so, didn't he? Like, I'll, I'll <laughs> say this. Yeah. Look, Here's the time. thing, though, before, before we move. But he did Nas, cancel that tour. Nas has been telling <laughs> you guys for a long fucking time, fuck <laughs> Jay-Z. He said, he said, we're rocking hoes, he's rocking fellas, right? He, that's what he said, bro. So, I mean, he's, oh, been, he's been telling wow. you guys. Yeah. Nas has been telling you guys for a long time. Then man. they made those songs together. Black yeah. Republicans was pretty dope. Yeah. It was so good. Um, so, good. so, look. I'll say this, right? I think with a lot of these things, it's easy to go off speculating on on a whole lot of stuff. And you got to just be careful about like, let's not draw some conclusions. And, and, and we all have to guard against drawing the conclusions that are like sexier in our minds. No, not, no pun intended. Not, not sexy. Well, but, well, not sexy in that way. But they the, suit the things that are more like, oh, my God, this is the coolest movie ever to going like, OK, is there maybe an easier answer that could be the case here or not? But I will say this with with Epstein. The dude, like if you follow his career, he went from being like he, he was teaching at Dalton, which is like this real elite uh, private school in New York City. And he had a couple uh, complaints against him there, by the way from uh from young girls and And they wasn't even qualified to teach there yes and the guy who hired him if i'm not being uh if i'm not mistaken here was uh bill barr's father Mm -hmm. yes yes and then he goes to bear stearns and he makes partner like outrageously quickly right like just very very quickly and then he goes on to like have this whole, you know, career and life that he has. And it, the, the whole thing just smells a lot like there's some deep statey shit that's going on here. Right. Now, I don't know exactly what the answer is. I'm not going to be one of these guys who claims to be connecting all of the dots or anything. But I, I remember um, there was this moment. So they, this was on MSNBC uh, News. I just happened to be watching. This is MSNBC of all places, right? And they were talking about how they were it was when they raided his uh, like luxury apartment uh, in, in Manhattan. And they were talking about the FBI going in and what they found. And they, they reported this on MSNBC like it was no big deal. And they go, they found a bunch of things in, uh, in this lockbox, including pictures of girls who appeared to be underage, pictures of other politicians, and a Saudi passport with his picture and a different name in it. Oh, Jesus. And then it comes back to the guys, and they're like, huh, that's strange. Huh. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> yeah. You're just looking at it, and you're like, hey, anyway. all right. So <laughs> this does have, like, so, th- there's some type of operation going on here. The fact that there were higher-ups who stopped him, there, there were, like, deep state higher-ups who stopped him from being prosecuted the first time the fact that there was all this pressure on uh on abc reporters to drop their investigation they may have claimed that it was about like you know oh we don't want to fuck up our relationships with the royal family but yeah no something was a little bit more than that uh going on but i, wish I don't Reed, know i don't want to jump Reed to like was crazy still conclusions here. but so, i do think that it's like look like we're not we're not stupid here we know that there's a lot of crazy espionage shit that goes on and it does seem like probably this guy was involved in something and she was probably uh involved in it too i'm pretty sure reed and ryan dawson said that he was like an israeli operative of some some sort so i wish reed well, was here to explain that well get because well, let's, let's, let's scott on, but I do know that, weigh in on this 
Yeah, I do know that um, when the uh, U.S. attorney in Florida let him go previously, ding, ding, ding. he said that he was told, he didn't say by who, but that he yeah. was told by people higher up than him, let it go. He belongs to intelligence. Yeah. That Same was their choice. So the, the idea there would be that would mean the agency. But then importantly, hey, I gotta the lady who's going on All right, trial Dan. right hey, now, Matt, Hey, take it easy, Dan. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Oh, good, yeah. uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Dave, don't be a coward. No, <laughs> But uh, Maxwell is the daughter of an Israeli spy, like a very important Israeli right. spy, Robert Maxwell, who was really influential in British media and was mysteriously, you know, obviously assassinated um, by, you know, accidentally falling off his boat in the ocean in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> and then this guy, and he was tied very close with... Um, uh, Oh man, I'm sorry. The it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh, Scott forgot something. Who was the, I'm sorry. You forgot something? Does that have, does that happen? We'll pull screen again for a second. It it does happen. Um, Scott's like Scott's like the the veritable Rolodex of of. Let me just you know, say quickly. If you, you don't you don't go forty years. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? I was just gonna say you don't go forty years operating this giant child sex trafficking ring if you don't have connections whether that means that right. it was actually ran by the cia or they they found out about it and then they used him for uh to blackmail politicians i don't know which led to which but i i find it extremely hard to believe that they didn't play a role yeah no i mean i i think it probably was the israelis um oh, you shit. know that's... we're going full screen scott you go ahead buddy well Look, I, I really should be something like an expert in this and, and really read up all the long-form stuff. I've read some pretty good articles about it in the past, but um, I really should delve more into it. But um, I'm sorry, uh, is it, it's Wexler, right, is the name of the guy from the, the, Less, the fashion, yeah. whatever Less, that's Wexler. called. Yeah. Who, now, so there's a documentary on Netflix about this. I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix um, about this where they, they interview, um, I think Roberts is her name, who had been, you know, one of the young girls that he had exploited back when. Yeah, that's and great. That. At the end, they show she had drawn this big painting. Um, you know, what do you call it when it's a giant goddamn thing? Um, mural. mural. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has, you know, all these little bits and pieces of of all the different people involved and whatever. But And she has Epstein, like, flying away in a little flying saucer off to the side. But it's Wexler who is the evil octopus in the middle controlling it all and all of this and that kind of thing. So, and I think that this was Ryan Dawson's point was that, um, you know, this was the center of the operation was, you know, he was working with this guy Wexler and Maxwell's daughter and the job is compromising people so that they serve the interests of Israel, which sounds right. And then why wouldn't the CIA or the FBI stop them? Because they're all compromised too at some point up and down the line, or at least there are so many powerful compromised people that you can't pull on this string because of what it'll unravel. I mean, look at former President Bill Clinton is up to his eyeballs in this. You know, there was a piece that's, I don't, I don't think Epstein is mentioned in it. It's just a piece from, I think, The Atlantic or The New Republic or something about Bill Clinton and his buddy Brands. I'm sorry, I forget the guy's first name. Um, but it was, uh, oh, no, no, Doug Band. That's his name, Doug Band. And he was Bill Clinton's like right-hand man palling around for a long time. And so this is like W. Bush years. And they had, uh, you know, their friends referred to their plane as Air Fuck One because it was Bill and his buddy were just flying around and their plane was constantly full of hookers and blow and just having a great time um, and getting away with it. And everybody knew that. And then 
that guy, that same guy, Doug Ban, he's on the list with Bill Clinton on the Lolita Express with Epstein. Uh, he also had these very close associations with uh, Prince William, or which prince is it? Help me out. I'm sorry, Prince, what the hell in, in the UK there? I can't keep track of the Prince word. Prince Harry. Andrew. Andrew, oh, that's and, right. Yeah, and Prince Andrew and, and a very close ties with Ehud Barak, the former prime minister. So I don't know. Was he compromising Ehud Barak or was he's just working with Ehud Barak and was, was compromising was, people? Like, I'm not sure who's exactly Zoom yeah. and who. But was there again, anybody that was <laughs> on the Lolita Express more than Bill Clinton? I don't think so. I think that I don't know. But I do know that they had to revise the numbers from a couple of times to 24 times, including trips to Thailand. Oh. I mean, oh, my God, trips to fucking Thailand. What? And and Bill Clinton, the, the former president from just a couple of presidencies ago, who's still around, whose wife was running for president. Remember when uh, Hillary went on? Uh, this is probably the funniest joke told on the new Daily Show was the guy uh, when when he introduced Hillary Clinton, when he, his first question for her was, how did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? And she's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, as Clint said, you don't get away with this for 40 years. That yeah, the, funny, the funniest. Being protected, and this is not an operation, a government operation of yeah. control. People, and the, the, the funniest thing, too, is that, like, so it's, like, how much it'll be, like, oh, well, like, Bill Clinton flew on his jet, so then, obviously, we know he's guilty as sin. And then they'll be, like, well, here's all these pictures of Trump hanging out with him at parties, and everyone's, like, well, that doesn't mean nothing. Right. I mean, whatever. They all go to parties together. You're, like, okay, well, that's. But by the way, just kind of an interesting little uh, like piece of information there. But look, for all this, and he stuff, just wished Ghislaine Maxwell the best. Oh, she's going on trial. Good luck to you. You're a gold friend I mean, of mine. I like yeah, her. I, I don't, 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 don't prejudge, but I, I think Melania looks like she's been trafficked. So there's a possibility <laughs> somewhere. Well, look, but, but the thing there. is, right, and of course, the major thing, and and what we should, I think, care about in this case the most is that the way it ended with Jeffrey Epstein, right. And the fact that they would they would bust this guy in this huge case and holy shit, here is this guy where you have objectively a guy who's running a sex trafficking ring. There's no question about this has underage girls involved. There's no question a former president of the United States is implicated. A current president of the United States is implicated. <laughs> a prince is implicated. All these powerful people are implicated. And we got him. And now this is going to go to trial. And then he ends up dead in his jail cell and the way that whole like a uh, epstein didn't kill himself thing just like fucking blew up the beauty of that is that you just see now how many people just don't buy into this and like it's like the the it, there's something way bigger than whatever this case is like it's way bigger than that and i remember uh um i think it was tom who wrote a thing i can't even remember what book or maybe a speech or podcast this was in but you, you know the story of when the pope came to the ussr and the pope yes. came and it drew like hundreds of thousands of people like in this huge crowd and it was almost like everyone there realized how many people were still christians right and like you know they saw them all around them like they were like oh shit it's not just me like ev there's so many people here who just don't believe in this we even if they pretend to or we don't know that they don't or we think it's just me and there's something beautiful in that there's something really beautiful in knowing that there's a whole lot of people out here who know like this whole thing stinks 
Like there's there's something really corrupt going on here. And even if they don't have it exactly right, or even if sometimes they go a little bit too wild and think they know something they don't exactly know, like no, they get the the essence of it, which is that these these people who rule us are evil and they're lying to us. Right. That's think, that's our opening. Do you think there's yeah. a schism in the deep state where there's like white hat versus black hat? Like the fact that Epstein was even arrested and charged in the first place is is it's to me it's indicative that the deep state doesn't have shit totally airlock airtight um i don't know maybe that's just not you but it seems like there are good guys in in this bad system trying to make shit happen in a legit way and they always seem to lose when epstein you know doesn't kill himself but the fact that he was even arrested is somewhat encouraging to me uh, but maybe that's just naive. Yeah, hey, I no, think I agree. It's amazing the going on trial right now. I don't know how to explain the fact that they didn't just give her a year at the country club prison and let her go on her way. She'd plead guilty to that. Instead, they want to really take this to trial. And I'm sorry, because I, I hadn't even considered the possibility that there were just good people trying to do the right thing. <laughs> I, just, I, was, I was just wondering, like, wow, which different factions are applying which different pressures to get each other in hey, trouble here? Hey, but guys. I'd really like to know, but you raise this really intriguing possibility. Hey guys, I thought this podcast was uh, being a little bit too funny. So I decided we needed more white women on it. Everybody say hi to Chrissy Meyer. How you doing? I always say it wrong. I say it wrong. Mayor. Mayor. It's mayor. It's mayor. It's mayor. I always say it wrong. I don't know why I've heard you say it a million times. Yeah. I'm here to talk about my period and my genitals only. Oh Jesus. Here we go. Fucking ready. I don't know if you've been listening, Chrissy, but that's been covered. Yeah. We uh, (laughs) we already covered genitals and periods. Dave, were you talking about, uh, like I was in the waiting room, so I, I didn't hear the rest of what you're saying. Were you talking about like, there's a larger problem going on? Like people, uh, not being, I guess, as curious about like the Ghislaine Maxwell trial as they are. I mean, like the media made people obsessed with the Rittenhouse trial and, the, and then obsessed about all the wrong things, right? Like white people can do no right, no matter what they do, anti-Second Amendment, anti-self-defense, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, no, I wasn't saying that. I mean, I think that I'm, I'm sure they're not going to, put the the maxwell trial out there you know as much as that but i actually i kind of disagree with that when people are saying that like the the rittenhouse trial was like some distraction you know like oh why are we paying i think it was it was obvious why people were so interested in that trial and it wasn't as simple as like oh this was a self-defense case it was like because the entire media pretended like the longest sustained riots in my lifetime never happened Right. And they they they, they mm-hmm. did, and so when there was someone who came out there to like you know try to to confront them, and I, I don't know exactly what the kids' motives were. Probably, if we're being honest, with a seventeen, eighteen year old, part of it was just like to be cool and badass. But regardless, yeah, yeah pretty incredible. But you know, could have died in the process, but luckily didn't. Um, but I think there were like, you know, I, like, I think there was a real reason why people cared about that kid getting off for self-defense. That being said, I'm sure there's a reason why this trial won't get as much. And as Scott said earlier in, or maybe he didn't say it exactly like this, but the, uh, what's, what's the dude, uh, who, they just got convicted of, uh, killing the oh, dude who Aubrey. they chased down on the road, Aubrey. Aubrey. There's a reason why that trial won't get as much attention because that would just kind of unite a lot more people. 
then it would like divide us. Right. And so yeah, that's not time. useful. Yeah. That's a, you, that would just get a lot of people being like, guys. yeah, you can't, you can't chase them oh. down on the road. Jace, oh, thanks so much for hanging out, brother. Good brother. Yeah, you hey, guys Dave. have a great night. This you, is awesome. You too. Oh, yeah. All right. Dave, I, I know that you, like, guys like you and Scott would would tend to stay away from the more conspiratorial stuff. Like, well, if we don't know the facts, you don't want to really dive in too deep. But do you think it would be a good strategy to just, I mean, just say it anyway, because what, what, <laughs> Ed, <laughs> fuck it. I mean, but what the Epstein, what, what this whole Epstein moment kind of did to these people like Hillary Clinton and, and Bill Clinton and, and now even Jay Z, it kind of, it, it dehumanizes them in a way and it takes some of their posterity away where people people look at them as uh as these figures that can do no wrong and i think dave dave's mentioned it on the show before where you've said something like you know hillary clinton is not your grandma she doesn't mm-hmm. have these same kind of these same kind of ideas and tendencies so when you look at her don't get that confused she's a blood-soaked monster and maybe we should be using that that narrative or, or at least kind like just unless your grandmother has had people killed then <laughs> which my grandma yeah, why, are you, why are you just assuming my grandma is such a great person <laughs> um, well i'll say this like my thing and i i decided this a long time ago that i was like okay i could sit here and like constantly be thinking about okay like well what's the strategy and what should i say if this would get me ahead or this uh, and then like what i realized is like well like the reason i loved all of the political figures and all of the comedians that I love, like the reason I love Ron Paul and the reason I love Patrice O'Neill and the reason I love like all these guys was because they just told the truth. And so mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like think about like, well, would it be better if I said this or that or what? I'm just going to tell the truth. So or at least as I see it, you know, and so, yeah, I'm not going to like if, if there's an interesting conspiracy theory, I'll talk about how like. Okay, I mean, you're speculating a little bit here with this, but this is kind of an interesting theory. But I kind of feel like with with a lot of these wild conspiracies, my thing is it's almost like, you know, like if you're if you were just for example, right, if you were trying to convince someone that Dick Cheney did 9-11, right, I would feel almost like, okay, it's like a murder trial and you've got this guy dead to rights on the murder conviction. And then you're like, but someone told me. He, you know, was planning on blowing up the White House. So we'll just try to convict him on that. It's in, like, in Minecraft. I don't know. Just, just convict him for what you have him on. He led a conspiracy to kill a million people in Iraq. Right. Why do I need to fucking like go to this next level of something that might be true or might not be true? I don't. We, we got enough. We got the case like locked already. So let's just Devil, stick with what Devil's we know. Advocate, though. We do know that <laughs> that he probably right. did mastermind 9-11. And no. he walks free and uh, whatever, you know, being hyperbolic, he walks free and his, his daughter is still in Congress or whatever she's doing. So we well, have, but, but we have the truth. But, kind of, but we, don't, I, we don't know that he mastermind 9-11. I mean, we know like, that these people, we know that a lot of these people were, were uh, the masterminds of atrocities. And no matter how much yes, they say it. Yes, 9-11s, but the 9-11s weren't in, a, in New York. They were 9-11s all over, you know, the Middle yeah, East right. and Northern so Africa. We're, we're talking about that. 9-11. I could see Dave up there salivating, dude. <laughs> I think I think the unfortunate I'm thing did I get a I'm call early that morning not to come into work? Sure, but the, I'm just saying that I didn't. Uh, I mean, the unfortunate so no, point is that, that, to Top's point is that a lot of people won't care unless it's American lives that were taken, and that, yeah. I think that's that's a genuine concern. But let's be honest: if Dave wanted to get ahead by lying, he'd be in the GOP right now. So. Hi, kids. Do you like violence?
Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. It ain't going to happen. I think you stick That's to true. the truth and you you run on our principles and you say it with passion and you stand out because you are the only political figure that's telling the truth. So for the love of God, don't change that. Please. Well, and what's that? That's the fucking whole thing, right? And I said this the other day when I was uh, uh, on Pete's show. And I think, Scott, I think you brought this up before a bunch of times, but it's that uh, that Huxley quote, which is such a good one. And I, I, I never get it exactly right when I say it, but it's like it, it's like he was like saying, like, no, it's not a matter of whether the the ends are justified or, or, or justify the means. That's all nonsense. Right. The, the reality is that means determine ends. And there is really something about that. Right. Like and that's that's the problem with people who abandon libertarianism and abandon telling the truth or abandon whatever because it's like well i'm going to do x y and z to get to these term you know these ends that i want is that well once you accept that and you go well i'm going to lie for this reason or i'm going to exaggerate for this reason it's like well then that leads to another one and another one and another one and ends in a weird way are all an illusion like ends don't really exist it's all means because everything's a constant journey and a David. So David's subtweeting you... at Tho right now, at Tho Bishop right now. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about Tho at all. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I really wasn't. I'm just saying that it's like the idea that I'm going to lie and lie and lie to ultimately get to the truth. It's like, well, there is no ultimately get to. You right. just end up lying a whole bunch, and then mm -hmm. you convince yourself why it's okay to lie again and again and again. Right. And so it's like you sound is... like my dad. Well, your dad was right, Chrissy, and he should have done a better job. <laughs> so look, I you should have stuck around a little kook. bit more. I'm a, I'm a reformed New World Order kook, and I'm here to testify that the the kooky stuff isn't ever really right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, even when I was a kook, me and my, uh, I had a friend named Chris. We were both cab drivers, and he was a bit more right-wing than me, but we were both into, like, Bircher, UN, world government stuff and stuff like that. But we always had a line like, come on, chemtrails and all this other yeah. stuff. That's all bullshit. This, the New World Order stuff is true, but that other kooky shit is kooky shit. But then, look, it was just like, you know, a couple years after that, and it should have been with when Clinton used NATO and not the UN to attack Kosovo over Russia's dead body. I should have known right then. Uh, it still took me another two years to get through my head, really, until Cheney was in charge. Right. That these guys are not building a world government under the United Nations. Whatever it is that they're doing, that's not what it is. You're breaking and Dave I, Casey's I heart right now. Just be right. No, no, I moved on and, to the global uh, reset. The fourth industrial revolution. <laughs> that's the new shit, bro. I know, but wait. Like at that time, it was right during the 9/11 shit, and right at the time that all the truthers were saying, "Oh, there are bombs in the towers, and a missile hit the Pentagon, and all they faked all the phone calls home to mom." And all of the conspiracy quackery like around 9-11, it was at the exact same time that the neocons were saying, oh, was Saddam Hussein because his guy met Mohammed Atta in Prague and handed him a flask of anthrax and all this shit. And it was the exact same thing in parallel. 
had the neoconservatives conspiracy theory about 9-11 and you had the patriot kooks conspiracy theory about 9-11 and they were all completely fucking you know missing the real question if there was a real conspiracy of course it was cheney having an understanding with saudi intelligence that we want to help this happen and and we want to you know leave yes, doors open and, and allow an, it to that's happen. enough for all me. That got yeah, absolutely. by that all got obscured by all the hyperbole People are going, like, oh, fucking, bombs in the yeah. towers, bombs in the towers. Did I get your attention? Well, let me. Yeah, but you got the attention of a bunch of fools who would believe that. But you right. didn't and also, and more than that, who know better than that, but might want to know what did Prince Bandar know? If we have to enhance, yes. interrogate anyone, let's <laughs> enhance, interrogate Prince Bandar. Uh, right, right, right. right. Now we're so finally thing, right? Scott Horton you know, comes out in favor say, of torture. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bill of attainder. It's a single case issue. But look, look. So here's the thing, right? It's like. So, so Scott, right? Like you even said, it's like, well, let's maybe we'll get the attention of a lot more people if we have this like crazy wild story that like people will, will jump onto, right? And there's something to be said for that, but there's also something to be said for all of the people who will see through that and reject your entire thing, right? And then when you, if you ever get like, you know, like, you know, like, okay, so Alex Jones might get a whole bunch of people being like, yeah, I think this whole government's like a big conspiracy. But then if you ever point out a real conspiracy, there'll be a whole bunch of people who are like, okay, Alex Jones. Right. Like, you know, because of all the dumb yeah. shit he's he said, which I know. Frog guy. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, and that, that one, like was, that one was true. Cried, that one was true. Cried, the boy but, who not cried wolf, but cried gay frogs. I fucked it up. Sorry. But I, I also like, I gotta say, it, it, I, the frogs I, were really turning gay though. You guys know that, right? Um, yeah. It, well, not exactly. Bisexual. But were, big yeah, deal. Bisexual. Whatever. Frogs gotta live, right? <laughs> who hasn't uh, gone to college? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call Clint gay. Clint Russell just went. Clint, that, Clint just went home with Reed like the other night, dude. You know what I mean? It's but cool. it's it's <laughs> even like it's like a lot of people now, like even in our circles, you know, they'll be like, oh, Alex, you know, Alex Jones was right, or he he was right about everything, or all this, and it's like, now, no, he fucked wasn't dude like i don't know i used to listen to his show he was wrong about so much dude like so much just nonsense that he threw out there and and turned out to have not even like a shred of truth to it nothing right and and then he was right about some of the really major things too but i guess if you're throwing shit at the wall you're going to be right about some shit and wrong about <laughs> other things but yeah. so the the thing is like to me i look at it and you're like yeah like dave uh you said well, okay, even if that was the case that he kind of like knew something that the Saudis were involved and let it happen in the worst case, well, that's enough, right? But I agree. But at the same time, forget, I don't even need that. I don't even need to say if that was it. I remember I was a New Yorker on 9-11 standing on Flatbush Avenue a, a mile and a half away from the World Trade Center watching people covered from head to toe in soot oh, who had geez. just walked over the fucking Brooklyn Bridge. And you were a young back. guy. Like, you were young like me. I, we were yeah, I was 18. Yep. 18. Yeah, like, like and, and I remember this moment. I remember, like, all of it. And the idea that the, the United States of America, uh, our federal government, armed and fucking financed al-Qaeda after that right like right so what, what else yeah how what else do i anything? need right and that's a fact that's an ironclad fact that cannot be disputed we're acting as their air force right now in the arabian peninsula and we were acting as a lot more than just their air force in syria for years at least between 2012 and 2017 and so 
what more do I need? Why do I need to go to this <laughs> next level of something that might or might no, not be true? And I, I have I have the ironclad case right in front of me that it's like you guys knowing who Al Qaeda was, like still supported them in just just to pick two examples, you know, uh, um, uh, Yemen and Syria, but also add in there Libya and like a few, but just. You know what I mean? Saying so, like, why do I need to pick these other things when someone could look? I remember, and I'll, I'll just say this one: I remember being younger than, or no, a little older than the nine eleven story. I remember watching Loose Change, in uh, in maybe after I was out of college. I don't know when. When did Loose Change come out? But I remember watching it when it first came out, two thousand three, two thousand four, something. Like yeah, that. right. And being an idiot kid, and and watching it and going, "Whoa, dude." They just Same. proved the case. <laughs> they proved it. I mean, look, you see, when the towers are coming down, there's these little poofs of smoke out at the bottom. So obviously, the fuck, it was a controlled demolition. And then watching some physicist on some video being like, well, I mean, if a building is collapsing, it's going to drive <laughs> air out of the bottom. And that's why you see poofs of smoke. <laughs> and then being like, I feel like an idiot you know and like you just need a few moments like that before you're like all right let me just settle down before i jump on what the coolest story is right. and decide i think that's right let me go with what the actual evidence and facts point toward and, and it's really, already so great every day right you yeah. see people jump on a story every day and then nah, actually it's really not quite that and i should stipulate by the way that my wife is one of the jews who didn't go to work that day and oh. had an office in the north tower <laughs> no shit <laughs> Did wow. she go oh. Yeah, no, she was sick uh, staying with her parents in Florida, watching it on TV. Oh, and, thank God you know, Dave's parents told her. From her she, she was sick and... with enthusiasm. Oh. <laughs> was she on a rooftop? Oh, she, she was did, watching it masturbating. Did she have a good dance afterwards? Holding a lighter up in the, with the thing in the background. Oh, my God. No, what? um. But yeah, no, uh, she, she, uh, I think her office was like on the 80 something floor of the North Tower or something like that. That's she wild, dude. If she'd been there. Fucking now. wild shit. No, it's it. But I'll, I'm just saying, so it's like, so, so look, there's some value, right? In like being like, oh, you could tell this story that like a lot, it'll draw a lot of people in. But then like, to me, I, I just feel like, like, this is my like low time preference is that I think there's more value in never being able to be like proven like you were completely full of shit and lying about that story. Right. That's just, and maybe it's just my own like personality or whatever, my own insecurities. It's like, I just never want to be autism. that guy. Autism. It's called autism. Hey, there, there is one, there is one. I don't know. It's not exactly autism. It's more, it's more narcissism or something like that, where it's like, I just don't want ever. Yeah. It's like, I don't ever want to be the guy who, who like, def like went all in on something so wrong and then just gets embarrassed. Dave, like, have you seen, have you seen wrong. the flat earth documentary on Netflix? Have you ever watched it? Oh, it's so oh, good. Dude, it's it's the best yeah, I watched, I watched yeah, like exactly. I, I watched like I think twenty minutes of it with my it's wife so when, when it first came out. There, there's a so there's great. a scene in it that's my favorite. I'm the, convinced the, the the head of the the flat earth society or whatever the guy who throws the big conventions. Uh, he's sitting there with his mom, and the interviewer is like, "Is there any scientists involved in flat Earth?" And he kind of pans around and goes, "No," and there can't be. And I just lost it. Dude. I fucking <laughs> lost it. I fell out of the chair I was sitting in laughing. I had to record yeah. it. I put it on TikTok. It was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. But that, I get it. Like the, that's the same thing. I mean, you're you know, people buy watch this documentary. They spend their whole life on all this shit, and then at the very end, they prove their theory wrong. At the very end, and, of the I, and I get it. But I get, I get like 
maybe not the flat earth one so much, but particularly with the like 9-11 truth thing and like with some other things, like I get where it's like when you see how fucking corrupt the system is, it's very easy to be like, dude, I bet they're like they're even like, why wouldn't it have been Dick Cheney? who fucking right. did 9-11 you know he's that evil like why wouldn't he have done it and why wouldn't like you know alta even look at like fauci or something like that i mean just the level of what we know now compared to what we knew in, that, in march of 2020 saying. knowing was, what you know so, yeah would it's, you it's say incredible. that they would not all, you know take no out i would never say look if i if i if i saw some compelling evidence came out tomorrow that dick cheney had done 9-11 it's not like i would be I like my god so my world is shaken you know i'd what? be like oh yeah okay that makes sense dick, you know? casey what'd you say the question but, isn't the question isn't whether he's got the morality to keep right. him from doing something like the question is whether he thinks he could really get away with right. something like or that. what evidence you have and, that he actually did it. I mean, yeah, that's that like the real like question yeah. is like, what, what, what reason is there to believe that that's actually what happened? And, and yeah, your point too, Scott, right? Like you have to, to keep in mind that doing something like this would require someone to measure the risk and say that that's actually worth it that if you're found out you might hang publicly you know like it it's just there's just a lot of different like especially hitting the pentagon you know if if some three-star general's wife dies in a terrorist attack at the pentagon and he knows (laughs) that the vice president of the united states was in on it he might just walk right across that bridge and put the vice president <laughs> against the wall and turn around and nuke Riyadh tomorrow. And what's to stop him from doing that? Chrissy, you're from you New know? York. You're from New York. Where were you when 9-11 happened? Oh, God, I was a freshman in college in Fairfield, Connecticut, and I was just like dumb. And I was like just trying to hook up anybody wearing a white hat. You know, <laughs> uh, with the, Remember when they used to have the letters on? Them? Oh, yeah. Those were the days. Yeah. And uh, I, I was like vaguely like watching the TV. I was like, what's going on? I'm, you know, 17 and retarded. And I remember just briefly, we were like worried. Okay. Uh, like my brother had worked for Con Edison at the time. And we're like, okay, is was it in the city or was it out in White Plains? Okay. He was out in White Plains. I'll go back to giving bad hand jobs now. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Chrissy, yeah. Chrissy were, were, are you, were you born in 83 or 84? 83, baby. Oh, shit. Another one. Another one. Me and Dave too. Dave, Dave and oh, I, I as well. Struggled with that. When's your yes. birthday? November 11th. Ah, oh, you're you're way you're way younger than us. Oh, what's your social security number? Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Can we? Do you, do you have a credit card on you? <laughs> Although back in the day, um, we our student our ID numbers were our social security numbers, and I remember I had a huge <laughs> I had a huge crush on Chris McGee. And uh, I memorized his student ID number, which was in turn his social security number. I like created a little song out of it. Oh Jesus! Uh, you still got you still got it by any chance? Do you know if he's vaxxed? I, I <laughs> might still have it. No, I'm sure he's totally vaxxed. Ugh, oh I sick! Can I get that? Out? Can I get that number? Do you remember? I I look at it, pictures of his kids, and their eyes are too far apart. I made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make one quick endpoint because I've been waiting to hop in here. Yeah, yeah. The the other thing about leading people down the conspiracy path, if you don't have a really solid foundation if you looked at the news over the past week you had over a hundred QAnon supporters that were standing in the bridge in <laughs> dallas fucking oh, waiting no. for jfk oh, yeah. and jfk jr to show up and guess what they didn't show up <sighs> so you end up oh. engaging people in a political jfk that's fucking worthless excuse me yeah, Clint, Clint, are, are you saying that you don't trust the plant 
You don't trust the plan? I don't trust the plan. Oh, how Gosh, old would JFK be today? Dude, fucking old. Pretty old. And and also yeah. he would have had to have had his brain put back together. So definitely not <laughs> He'd a lot. have to be. But even, in even his short 80s. of JFK didn't actually get shot or whatever like that. I mean, that dude, didn't he have like major back problems and health oh, problems? Yeah, he'd be dead and he had a drug problem. Shit. He, was dr- he was doing <laughs> fucking every drug under the sun and fucking. <laughs> he'd have to be in his 80s. Of syphilis he'd have to be in his 80s. 70s or 80s. Jesus, man. You That's... know, the QAnon thing, I, I don't pay much attention to it because I don't like picking on people with no power, you know? But like, yeah. this has a psychological phenomenon, like, you know, end times, churches, and different things like that. I mean, it really is something. And I always thought for a long time that it was like a Daily Coast Democrat that was just trolling these right wingers, you know. Right. And I guess they figured out that it's this this duo out in the Philippines or whatever who essentially started this lie and can't wrap it up. And so they just keep going and going, jerking these 8chan people around. But the thing of it is, is it's a huge movement, like percentage wise on the right, it's not. But in terms of total numbers, it's yeah. incredible. It- it's essentially equal to the entire conspiracy theory patriot type movement of the 1990s or more. And it's and yet it's completely off the scale of crazy. Right. right? Like, I don't know, but I presume that Alex Jones doesn't promote that stuff. Right. He, he must say that it's BS. No, it's Alex only Jones for, like, actually. Reasons, dude, but Tim Dillon had the funniest joke about that. Oh, shit. I, I can't even remember. Dillon. I want to get but on the was, show uh, so bad. It, it was when. Alex Jones went off on his show and was like, you QAnon people are out there. You've got no evidence to back up what you're saying. And Tim Dillon was like, when Alex Jones is telling you, you may want to like reassess where you're going. I tell you, Scott, I'll tell you the one time. Here's the one time that I thought there might be something going on there. And not like the wildest QAnon shit. Not that like, you know, there was like this plan and someone was going to, whatever the the QAnon thing is, I don't know. But when the Hunter Biden uh, laptop laptop came out and the way that the fucking entire corporate press apparatus along with the, the, tech companies all worked to shut that down that unlike cool. anything else and, yeah. and look sure there was it was like a couple of weeks left in the presidential election and they were just like look we're not going to allow this october surprise and that could maybe you know it was an election where pulling a couple points one way or the other could have made the difference yeah. and so i get that oh but shit look at, i remember look at, look at chrissy <laughs> whoa she got the oh, doll go. she got the doll oh, yeah. and but his do laptop remember when um <laughs> Was he come with a crack pipe? Yes, yes. I can't believe I haven't lost it. It's got a crack pipe. (laughs) Rad. Tremendous. This is my favorite thing. I have to get one of those now. I have to get one of those. Do you remember when uh, Samantha Gunthrie, is that her name? You know the one I'm talking about. She was interviewing Trump, and uh, she asked him point blank about QAnon and was like grilling him about it. And then, and Trump was like, listen, I don't know much about QAnon, but they don't like pedophiles. I don't like pedophiles. I think pedophiles are right. You know, and like just went on this whole thing. And, and it was so weird. And then there was this one segment where it was either Jake Tapper or Brian Williams or someone like that, where they were like, listen, when the Hunter Biden thing came out, they go, there's going to be some ugly, ugly things that are accused of him. And then Giuliani came out and said straight up, like, 
No, there are images with him with underage girls on this tape. And I hate Rudy Giuliani. I don't fucking trust that guy for shit. My origin story is the Ron Paul Giuliani moment. Like, right. fuck Rudy Giuliani. But that did seem like a thing. Like, I wouldn't think he was that guy. I wouldn't think he would claim there were videos of underage girls when there weren't. Like, that just... and. That whole story, the way they just squashed all of it and it all just kind of – but anyway, for that week when that was going on, I go, you know, I kind of think they might be about to find out that Joe Biden's kid is like fucking underage chicks and there's something going on here. Right. Now, nothing ever really materialized with that that I could hang my hat on, but that was the one like week or two where I really kind of – not like the crazy QAnon stuff, but I really kind of believed I was like, oh, maybe there's like – something big is going to come out about this. But hey, we talked about wrong. Epstein earlier. I mean, there certainly are networks of powerful people who yeah. commit terrible crimes. Well, look look at what happened to Project yeah. Veritas two weeks ago. They got raided by yeah. the FBI because of the diary of Biden's daughter in which right. she allegedly said that she had inappropriate showers with Joe Biden, the president of the right. United States, and the FBI yeah. raids them. The only time I think that these conspiracies are real is when the media responds how they did when it yeah. comes to the laptop, That's when it comes weird. to the diary. Then I go, Oh shit, we have something. Now you look at QAnon, the media doesn't have much to say. Now they kind of they, they joke like to about it. Like, In fact, yeah, they exactly. like to push them forward and be like, oh, look at these guys. You know, they like that. You gotta always think about too, like who the guys are that the media really likes. Right. Like, you know, they could say whatever they want, but they love Charlottesville. They love yeah. those guys. Oh, they yeah. loved Richard Spencer. They loved yeah. all of them. They love putting them on every show they want to fucking put them on because they love they love to be like, yeah, see, that's what the choice is. Spencer, either Hillary Spen- Clinton Spencer is a fucking Spencer's a fucking psyop, anyways. Though, let's be honest. Well, I don't know, man, but it's it's he's a fed plant. He's I, a plant of some sort. He's he's I, at I least he's at least compromised. Who he's is at least I, homosexual? Definitely well, that, that one. <laughs> that there's a strong argument. Uh, like, look, I don't know about any of that shit. I just think that like there's almost like this this um this game that they play, where they're like, well, look, you're either a progressive a woke progressive or you're a nazi right and then there will be some people who will be like yeah well fuck you then i'm a nazi right and that's basically what the alt-right is it's not even like really people who are fucking nazis for the most part i mean maybe like part there's of some them are. yeah there's but, some for but sure. for the most part it's just people being like fuck you woke progressive then i'll be nazi but it's like you don't even realize that it's like you're just playing right into their hands you just completely solidified their worldview that you have to either be a woke like progressive or a nazi so then they elevate those people to be like see doesn't this prove our point and that's why joe biden his first presidential uh campaign ad was about charlottesville this was in the middle of 2020 when there's lockdowns there's a pandemic there's like all these fucking problems going on and he goes you know the real problem is remember three years ago when 200 white nationalists marched in a thing and like you're like the only reason they love to elevate that is because it like reinforces their whole worldview that if not for us then Nazi. You know what's crazy, so, what Dave? You, you know what's you crazy know? though, because because we get you and I get called Nazi all the time. Clint gets called Nazi. Mm-hmm. I know hey, Dave. Me too. I'm sure Chris. We haven't does. even gone public yet. Top, top Lobster's <laughs> definitely definitely 100 percent a Puerto Rican I'm half Nazi. German. But, but let's well, let's yeah. let's let's uh, examine real Nazis in this country. There's Matthew Heimbach, who's absolutely 100 percent a National Socialist, and and people like Richard Spencer. These people are leftists. I mean, really, at the end of the day, when you examine their policies. They're calling for leftist policies for white people. You know what I mean? That's really what well, it is. Yeah, but that's all, you know, I mean, I don't know. The, 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 
Nazis, the real Nazis were essentially like right wing socialists. Right. right. So it depends on how you're using the term leftist or not. Like certainly economically speaking, um, like, yes, they they embrace like. Yeah, they, they embrace like, you know, nationalists. Now, look, the term nationalist and socialist are really they're not that far off from each other. I mean, right. to the point where what you could um, they're almost synonyms in certain examples. Right. Like if you say a nationalized healthcare system or a socialized healthcare system, the same thing. What, the, right. They mean the same thing. Right. So economically speaking, oftentimes these terms are kind of interchangeable. But well, I think the only I, difference I'm is not that... one of these people who says like, oh, the Nazis were left wingers sure. or something like that. I, I don't think that's exactly right. Like, economically, for sure. For their well, own people. They, they were right wing socialists, but they, you know, they certainly were not. There was no illusion of like egalitarianism sure. amongst the Nazis. It was a completely hierarchical traditionalist, you know, right. kind of like movement. So, again, it's a, a lot of these things like debates between left and right. Like it, it all comes down to like how you if you're going to define left and right on your own terms, then it just becomes circular logic. Right. So like this is the problem I've, I've had with some people where they're like, well, I define left as everything that's bad in the world and right is everything that's good in the world. And I'll be like, but what about this time when the right was really, really bad? And they'll be like, they were being left. Like, right. like, what point are you making? That's, like, that's fair. That's a fair, that's a fair thing. Like, this is just, this is like the, the like really, really dumb circular logic. Like, okay, so do you, fine. Do you but consider you neocons leftists? Well, I mean, neocons were certainly originally Trotskyites. I mean, that is their origin. So you could make an argument that they are they were to some degree leftist. But no, not really. When the neocons were in power in America, all of the things that they played on were nationalism and tradition and hierarchy and military. Mm. And that, so, no, like, I really don't think. Look, I would say the most reasonable, like, um, uh, definitions of left and right would be that the left is concerned with um uh egalitarianism and democracy and oppose hierarchies particularly what they would call unjustifiable hierarchies and the right is concerned with preserving you know um uh um tradition and hierarchies and the old order and establishment i mean i i like loosely speaking i think those are more or less what you you would say and so i don't think that you know like i don't think a movement that's completely pushing nationalism and and hierarchy and militarism is i mean i don't know there's aspect like again you could look that's why they're neocons they they used to be leftists, yeah. and then they got mugged by reality and became Reaganites. You can't just sit here and go, no, they're still Trotskyites. The point is they moved right. Now they still want world revolution, and that ain't yeah. very conservative, but that doesn't make it left-wing. It's still right-wing, but it's right-wing radicalism rather than conservatism what, you know, whatever maybe, they are they're the worst thing on the planet guys all so, I, yeah, all I know yeah is I agree. send a couple people some videos over the lockdowns and then you end up with these socks for christmas oh so, jesus that's the real cost i want some QAnon socks only fans to <laughs> i have that. to be sure one time i wore them and i was flying that day and like my pant leg was up and i crossed my legs and i was like oh shit <laughs> chrissy chrissy doesn't have an only fans but she does she does have an entire twitter dedicated to her boobs 
boobs, though. Oh, so. God. I don't want to talk about that's that. That's a true thing. They follow me, by the way. I think that's yeah. really weird. Like, like, it's and funny because it's a, really good account. A, a lot of us have, like, yeah. sock accounts of us. There's the, there's the like, 5,094th Josh's Child account. Top Lobster's got Bottom Lobster. Dave Smith's got Fat Dave. Clint Russell's got some <laughs> weird... What? Huh? I love Fat, Fat Dave. Smith. Fat Dave Smith. Yeah, they had to they had to ban him. Because yeah, Fat Dave Smith. Way gone. better than regular Dave Smith. There's a <laughs> there's evil Scott Horton. Hey man, yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm just calling it like I see. No, it, listen, dude, you, you know what sucks? You know what sucks about fucking Twitter is I can't even have fun on fucking Twitter anymore. I, like I can't even tell jokes oh. on there anymore. Oh no, you got almost just... two hundred thousand followers. It sucks now. No, it does. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, it does. Twitter was the most fun yeah. at about fifty thousand followers. That's when it's like the most fun. You're like, oh, I have some followers and I can get people interested in it and I still don't give a fuck and I'll say. And then the more followers you get, the more you're like, oh, all right, is it really worth it? Like, oh, I got some sick joke I want to tell. But then, dude, I want to start over from 100,000 back to zero. Yeah, I just started over after I I lost 20,000 followers. And you're like, what am I even? So now I'm just making these calculations. Whereas like, really, I just want to be like the tower power guys and just fucking say fucked up shit all the time. But I can't do that anymore. Just keep it. Shout out, case, shout out to Drew Hancock. Dave, Dave Smith is suffering from success right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel Listen. your pain, brother. I'm about to hit 25,000, and I tweeted out that shit about Jay-Z this morning, and I wake up to – it goes viral. I wake up to so many people going, this case was dismissed. Why are you spreading disinformation? And I was like, I'm just a small oh, Twitter shit. account. Why are you giving me – well, I, don't, I don't owe you anything. Bro, and I, I was like, oh, shit. Bro, I, I just lost – I just lost twenty thousand followers. There's, I've, I've been in the fucking like, um, for for what I do, I've been in the sweet spot for the last few years where I'm like, I'm not a big enough, I'm I'm not big enough that I would make like a a scalp that someone would be proud to have. Mm. (laughs) So like, no one really gives a shit. About like that's no one not really true, cares babe. if you like There's I fucking dudes getting close. Out there that no, like no, no, no. But those people, no, no, no. But those are like irrelevant people who don't matter. <laughs> I'm talking about like someone who matters right, doesn't right, want right. to go sure. like the way they they want to take like Gavin McGinnis or right. someone like that and be like, yeah, we brought him down. We yeah. like you you're know, in ruin this you're guy in area now. Now yeah. it's like I'm starting to get to that point where you're like, ah, shit, dude, you guys. And Kato Kato would love to take you down, Dave. Kato would love to take you. Oh yeah, again, but they no one cares. Like those guys. I'll give you my account. I'm talking about something really matters. I will give you my account. I promise you. Yeah, but that's you know that gives you that gives you a head start. I appreciate it, but yeah, it's still you know it's like, but though that's like you can't it doesn't even matter because however careful you are they could always fucking find whatever you've said over the years and i've put out the most you know fucked up shit ever and the fucked up thing that i'm in the position of is that like if i was just making jokes i think that i'd be okay or if i was just making points i'd be okay but i make (laughs) jokes and points so it'll be real easy for them to be like look at this horrible joke followed by this serious point (sighs) and then convince people that like i really meant the joke you know what i mean like and so that's which all, people have tried already but luckily for me my uh my enemies are very uh unpowerful so far and also 
evidently not good at research because they still have not found the worst <laughs> of what I've done. Almost I think, a year. It, was I, was I not? I, hey, I, I, don't think I, was, I, I don't think I was doing big screen enough for Scott, so he took off, but he, he's back uh, now. Uh, so there you hey, go, Scott. Hey, sorry, yeah. sorry about that. Man. Hey, I brought my mouse. Oh. <laughs> hey, let's. Wire. Can we? Uh, I do. I got I got a, a bail in like five minutes. Okay, before you go, we, yeah, we got a lot of super chats during the show. I'd like to address some of them because sure. you know, I usually address all my super chats. Uh, F- Fat Dave said, uh, if Fakertarians ate more soy, thanks, thanks, buddy. Uh, Forrest Mo- Mommy said, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, Craig said, thankful for all. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to get to them all. They, they don't show them all on the chat anymore. Ben uh, Ben Heckman said this lineup's more stacked than written bots, written written house's body count. Happy Thanksgiving. Also, it's Heckman, not Hackman. Uh, there was some that I really wanted to get to, and I just want to uh, let's see. Oh, Archie Flowers said you're too cowardly to debate him again. Oh shit, that's not really Archie Flowers. It's, <laughs> a, it's the sock, dude. Uh, Fat I'm Dave. Not Fat I'm Dave. not going to debate Archie Flower again. By the way, one of you other guys. Fat Dave said you Thin Dave is on. Take him on for me. Be my proxy. Go uh, ahead. Thin, uh, Fat Dave said Thin Dave is on top. Lost the time. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you hey, oh okay, here's a good one. Matthew Lucas uh, super chatted ten dollars. Thanks, man. He said if you had to eat Thanksgiving dinner at John Bolton's house or Dick Cheney's house, which one would you oh. pick? No, oh, I want Bolton. Cheney's almost dead. Yeah, but does he have better food? Oof, he might. You know, I I uh, I met Dick Cheney uh once, and um, he uh, Illuminati meeting. At, yeah, and they were like, "Listen, they were <laughs> no, like, dude, you're was, one of it us." Was, it was a Jew. So it was a Jewish get together, bro. Just calm down. Dude, the first fucking. <laughs> you guys hear the rain? Look, Don't need if, to close the window. If you no, want fine. more than fifty thousand no, followers on Twitter, this is what you have to do. No, this was years ago. I had no followers on fucking Twitter, but it was like my, one of my first, like maybe three, one of my first three Fox News gigs ever. And this is O'Reilly was on back then. And he was like there doing Bill O'Reilly's show. And I think we were doing uh, Red Eye. And we used to tape like at eight. And it was, you know, our show didn't air till like two in the morning or whatever. But uh, but we were there and we were in the makeup room together. And it was me, Liz Cheney and Dick Cheney. Oh, Jesus. And it was the most. And I'll tell you, dude, <laughs> this motherfucker, this motherfucker had an energy like exactly what you would expect Dick Cheney's energy to be. Like you just like I, I like like I walked in the room and I was like why am I so cold? You're you like oh, oh Jesus! You could, you could feel the soul see, of the thousand dead Iraqis. You're God. evil. Even, it was like like I was there and I, I like I was like oh shit that's Dick Cheney and then I, and like I made a few jokes like while I was sitting there and like the the makeup girls were laughing and Liz Cheney was laughing a couple times because I was just like making jokes and then I would just look over at Dick Cheney's face and it was like. Like it, it was just like I could be torturing people right now, and instead I have a jackass comedian like over here. He's like, I know. I don't want met, to be in a room with him again. I ever. know someone who met Bill Gates and felt this similar thing, like very cold. Yeah, he very, just he's got hey, that, my he's friend got, the got away with eyes. attacking W. Bush. I what? I wish I could say it was me, but it was my friend Cornbread. You know, he, um, did Cornbread throw the shoe? No, I interviewed okay. that guy. Yeah, the Scott, you had guy. him on the show. He's yeah. Here. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I forgot his name. It's hard to fucking pronounce and memorize. But uh, no, so my friend Cornbread. Forgive Scott. He's not good uh, at remembering Muslims' names. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? Sometimes, you know. Scott, if you can get uh, the, the kid that Clint just had on. What's his name? Lord, uh, Lord, Lord Miles. Miles. Oh, Lord Miles. That was in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tremendous oh, I interview. I don't know. It, it would be funny. Afghanistan. I'm Wait, I'm going to tell the Cornbread story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Cornbread. Yeah, yeah, tell the Cornbread story. <laughs> So my, my friend Cornbread um, shines shoes. 
And uh, usually he's at the Austin Club, but he had a gig at the Capitol building for a while. And this was when Bush was still the governor, but he's running for president. But he's got Texas Rangers for security, essentially. And they're at the Capitol building in Austin. And there's, I guess, nobody else around in the hallway or whatever. And they just, like, walk up on him. And so W. Bush puts his hand out to shake his hand. And Cornbread goes, bam! And slaps his hand, like, as hard as he can. You know when you're, like... <laughs> older cousin slaps your hand as hard as he can and if you're a skateboarder that slap on concrete ah um so but then so what's w bush gonna do right all he can do is kind of like rub his hand on his leg and play it off like it didn't hurt because he can't like cry and say like arrest this man or whatever because it was just a hand slap so this is the closest thing you could get to assaulting you know, a governor and get away with it. This it was is, like his, get away his own 9-11. This is so funny because yeah, I, I actually, I have a, <laughs> I have a story similar to that. If you guys can believe it. I used to work at a, a skilled nursing facility in Southeast Portland. Uh, I was the, the maintenance director and I used to walk next door to this cafe and every morning you get a bagel and coffee every day. Right. And uh, one day I was there and they like shut down the whole road and all of a sudden a presidential motorcade came in and Obama walks into this place. Right. And he's coming in there to talk to veterans like because there was all these old veterans that used to hang out there. And I, I was like already not a Obama fan, obviously. And I got up to walk out because I was like, I don't want to be in here. There's like secret service agents and shit. And he put his hand out like while I was walking by to shake my hand, and I just walked. Just grab it. No, I just walked right past them and walked out of the cafe, oh, and I went like, back to work. Oh. It was like it was it was like nine o'clock in the morning or something, eight eight thirty in the morning, and I just I walked right past our president. His hand was out to shake mine, and I totally ghosted him. It was pretty fucking funny. This, yeah, still thinks about that. Yeah. You got him. I didn't slap oh, his yeah. hand. I didn't <laughs> slap his hand, but I did walk right past his handshake. So it it was. It's kind of funny. I think if you slap the hand of the current president, you get bullets put in you. So good, I, well, I tell my kids the story, and they're like, "They're like, you really did that? You really walked by the handshake of a president? If you, like, yeah. If you slapped Joe Biden's hand, they would convict you. It'd be like you credibly like tried to kill him. You probably <laughs> couldn't take that. Can you, like, Can you mean, slap the hand of a hologram though? Hand, oh, oh wow, yeah, that's actually true. That's not a conspiracy theory. Guys. He slap. No oh, that's fact. Yeah, you that's slap facts. his hand. He's like, Corn Pop, why'd you do that? Could someone give me some ice cream? You know what I mean? Like that guy's so. Oh, it'd be like eld It's like it's literally like. Come on, it, it's like geriatric abuse, dude. Really, if you slap his hand, to be honest uh, with you. At this point, I feel bad for the guy. I think he's just being paraded around in front of us. Like it, it's really elder abuse. Really, it is. No sympathy. Point. No sympathy. Sorry. I've been I've been calling it for for months and months and months. The guy's sundowning, dude. They're giving him ice cream because he's fucking sundowning. Like that's dude, they, sh legit. they schlep him back to Sounds Delaware like all deal. the time. Shuts this little state down. Dude. Oh, I just don't get if it. They amazing. The guy's got Alzheimer's. Yeah. It's very clear to anybody who's ever worked around like a memory care unit that our president has Alzheimer's. It's very clear. Just so, just how I said earlier about being thankful for things. I'm thankful that the police are terrible at the job because it points out how terrible uh, the monopoly of violence is for the state. Same thing with Joe Biden. I love his presidency because <laughs> it has never demonstrated more clearly how fucking crazy figurehead. It's an obvious figurehead position. Everyone fucking knows it now. Right. And it shows that we don't need these motherfuckers. So... I think it's progress. Right. Well, I, yeah. I do think that um, in many ways, uh, Biden being president is better than Trump being president. And I get a lot of shit when I say that. But, you know, I, I would take, you know, the the uh, particularly after the first four years of Donald Trump, I at least appreciate that the right wing who was to a, a large degree red pilled 
which is really, you know, if you're my age, it's pretty amazing. Red pilled on the CIA and the FBI and the police and the, the you know, like the, like the, the whole system and realizing that it's like not, you know, what they always wanted to pretend it was. Um, I'd rather them, I'd rather the right wing feel like, um, instead of feeling like our guys in there doing the good work, which was all kind of ridiculous. I mean, Donald Trump was presiding over a million bureaucrats who hate his guts just in the executive branch, let alone the legislative branch and the Supreme Court and, and the state governments and all that, and the corporate press and the universities and stuff. Um, so I, I, I'd rather that for the right wing. And for the left wing, I'd certainly rather Joe Biden than say like Barack Obama mm. or you're something like yeah. that, where they feel like there's this guy who just convinces them that everything's so great. And, you know, He's like I a don't know. Stop. He's just keeping the door open. Well, but, but yeah. what exactly like from my perspective, I'm not like some fucking Republican or, or Trump, you know, supporter. Like what was what was to benefit for me of Donald Trump being in there, even when people say like, um, you know, well, at least like the domestic war on terrorism wouldn't be turned inward if Donald Trump was was reelected. Like, really? Do we know that? And you know, we didn't get any benefit from we didn't get any benefit from the left being out of power during yeah. Trump. I mean, when True. when the left was out of power during W. Bush, they were anti-war and rallying around Sidney Sheehan. When That's Trump true. was in there, they were rallying around the state to help right. protect us all from. President, and that's and what I, helped evil, Fauci you know? grow. You know, that's what helped yes. Fauci blow and, up because they um, were looking for like the antithesis of Trump. And, right. and think about it, right? Like, if if Donald Trump was in there, I think it's quite possible that the COVID insanity has more of a chance of receding with Joe Biden as president than it would have with Trump. I mean, all of the bad results from all of the government policies now. You know, you at least go like they're losing steam and being like, yeah, but none of these vax passports or mandates or any of this shit works. And Dis we can look Disney at all this just, evidence. Disney if, just if ended Trump the vax there, mandate. Yeah. For their, and, and, for and, and OSHA has been I mean, it was a court order, I guess, but they've they've been pushed back on, on their mandate. No, but like, OSHA, like, OSHA decided to stop doing it, too. They just, said, you know, they yeah, said, yeah. Something something you said that haunts me like constantly. During that election cycle, when, uh, you know, Trump, Trump versus Biden, you said Trump is going to take this in a landslide, barring an economic collapse or something crazier. And we just happen to get the craziest shit ever. And every so often, I think about you constantly, constantly saying that. And well, it just seems, when I yeah. I'll tell you, I did. If you remember, my uh, my my prediction was that Donald Trump was going to win. But I did. Um, I did caveat that pretty hard once I found out about the mail in ballots and how that was all going to go and not, and not even saying like oh they stole it from or some shit like that i go that just changes the way voting is done right that changes the dynamic when anyone can just vote from home that's that's a different fucking thing than what voting is has been traditionally and that heavily favors democrats right and mm -hmm. if lawyers have to get involved that heavily favors democrats the party wow. of lawyers so yeah. all of that shit like there was a lot more to it but i just think that it's um, a lot of times people it's a very simplistic way to think about things. But you go like, well, things would obviously better be better if the guy who's like more on my side, not that I'm saying Trump was more on my side, but more on my side was the president. That's not always true. Like if the whole system is designed that the guy up there is going to fail and can't get things done, eh, oftentimes strategically, you're better off having the guy who's opposing you in there and failing. And I just I like 
I always err on the side, if, if I prefer who's going to be president, I always err on the side who's more transparently full of shit and <laughs> more in uh, uh, more unable to rally a massive, like a big group of people. That to me is the most important thing. I always go like, who could sell the next war? Who could Ooh. sell the next war to their base? Uh, Biden Trump or Trump? Trump, war. Not, Trump, Trump, Trump could sell. Yeah, Trump. Trump could sure. sell Trump, a policy yeah. no matter what it was to his base. Yeah, exactly. Biden can't. And and to me, that's the most important thing of anything. Dave, before, who, could, who could sell the next evil policy and have their base go, sir, yes, sir, we will follow you into this evilness. And that's that's uh, Clinton, Obama, not Hillary, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, even George W. Bush. It turned out after 9/11, but that's and, and Trump. But that's not yeah, Biden. And they, definitely not Kamala Harris. They, you made before, the point about Trump. Sorry. Well, you made the point about Trump uh, being like an imbecile and, and people saying, well, I'm not sending my kids to overseas to die for this asshole. So that's, yeah. I don't know. That's kind well, of. Well, yes, but, you know, that was before I realized Biden was a possibility. So right. Trump seems <laughs> pretty <laughs> slick compared before, to. Before Biden. Dave has to go, uh, there were two specific uh, uh, super chats that were uh, aimed at him. Uh, Ofer Naves uh, gave a five dollar super chat. He said, "Dave Smith, uh, nerd Roddick, just said he wants you on his show. Chris, he can tell you about him." So that oh, was it's one. a nice show. You got to do it. Five dollar super chat. I don't know anything about nerd Roddick, but I'll check it out. Well, for five bucks, you know, <laughs> for five oh, bucks to Josh, I'll be there. You so. know, Dave. <laughs> uh, also, my buddy uh, Matthew Holly said uh, you should pay more attention to Bitcoin. Uh, Jesus Christ. To Bitcoin and Bitcoiners. Check out Sphinx Chat. Adam Curry loves it. Seriously, plenty of great people like Matt O'Dell and Marty Bent uh, and Safety I, uh, and Mises Institute. I'm I'm a big Dave, fan of what, Bitcoin. A... I, I appreciate that. And I'll tell you, no one uh, has ever told me to pay more attention to Bitcoin. So <laughs> Dude, glad. it's constant. It's a constant no, thing. No, I do. But, I, you know, look, man, I, I fucking I, I am kind of convinced that I think Bitcoin has like enormous potential. And sure. I, I certainly think more than any of the other cryptocurrencies, it has like enormous potential to actually be currency like real money someday um but i also think that uh to me what's what's standing in the way really of like bitcoin doing that is um just just more people believing sure that that, that could actually be currency and not just you know as an investment or something like that but the idea that more people are really convinced of like, let's start trading in Bitcoin. And I think the thing that convinces more people of that is to understand how important it is to like undermine government currency and why they actually want to do that. Yeah, You know, short of a situation where you're under like truly draconian government measures where it's like, well, this is the only way I can get aid into you or something like that, which are the examples really now of where Bitcoin is acting like money. So I just don't think what I, my, my only disagreement with the Bitcoin maximalist is like, I think it's like I think the the role of like waking people up to the evils of the Federal Reserve and the military industrial complex and all that. I think the shit goes hand in hand. I don't think it's like, oh, you shouldn't be talking about that. You should just be talking about Bitcoin. I think it's like, no, I think it's real important to talk about that, too. And then, you know, I'm I'm learning more and more about Bitcoin. I actually own some now. Um, oh, shit. And uh, yeah, I mean, Endorsed. not that much because it's expensive as shit. Yeah. Like, but, uh, you know, I own almost one. <laughs> but, uh, you're doing great but, you're doing better than most people yeah. buddy but like well i have i've put a decent amount of money into it but i mean i, I relatively speaking i guess but um uh 
but I just think it's kind of like, you know, I I'm with them and I'll do more episode. I, I like guy a lot. I think he's fucking, he, he fucking really sold me on it. And so, uh, you know, anyway, but yeah, yeah guy, I'm pro Bitcoin. I like you guys. So stop hating. Well, on here's me. the thing. Know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, cause guys, these, these same guys, hold on before you go. The, these same guys hit me up all the time. Why don't you have more Bitcoin maximalists on? Why don't you, I'll tell you why. Do you want to know why? Because I've reached out to every like bigger platformed Bitcoin maximalist that I can, and they have all fucking big timed me. That's why. So if you could get them in touch with me, let me know. I had guys real quick, on last real week. Quick. You can buy you soon. You will be able to buy Top Lobster merch with Bitcoin and different oh, other kinds of cryptos. Another thing, uh, I know we were talking shit about the QAnon people because they're real retarded, but. <laughs> they are actually pretty based on some sound money there. I mean, they're talking about gold well, from what I've heard. They're talking about Bitcoin. They understand the Federal Reserve, so there's something there. I yeah. view QAnon. Listen, hey guys, way. I gotta fucking, oh, yeah, I, go I gotta fucking run. I, I love all you guys. All right, be all right, good. Dave. Have thanks, buddy. Night. Love you. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Too, Have a good Have one. A good day with your family. I, I just wanted to say real quick, I, I view QAnon the same way I do in like a hierarchy of red pill. Same thing with loose change. I don't see that as a negative. Like I was I was originally convinced by loose change and I was way too red pill to the point that I was living in fucking La La Land. And then I came back to the Ron Paul movement and I, I started to, you know, evaluate things with uh, more of a critical mind. And I think I still do that to this day. So I hope that the QAnon movement a decade from now are in my shoes and we can really start to keep this thing sure. moving. Sure. Yeah, you never know what's going to get people. I was talking with Keith Knight the other day. He goes, look, I used to be an Obama bot. Here's a picture of me with my family <laughs> celebrating Obama's victory in 08. And now there you go. there's not a wow. better libertarian in the world than this guy right Real now. You know? Oh, come on. Chrissy, were, you, were, you, a, were you an Obama supporter? Ugh, yes, I voted yeah. for him the first time, and then the second time I didn't vote at all because I didn't want to miss yoga. New York woman, I figured it was. I figured it was part. I figured it was part of it. I, I figured. I was like, was. he's fine. He's got it. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's very eloquent. He he's a very good speaker. He is Seems what really, my yeah. grandmother would call black but nice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Fucking God. laughs> That's wow. basically what Biden said about it. Chrissy, Chrissy, yes. Chrissy, well, Chrissy, go on Tower Power Hour. Yeah, that's oh, how yeah. we describe Clint. Black but nice. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. Scott, you 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 were never an Obama guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> you think? no, I wasn't. I, I hate Democrats. No, I was. Um, I was reminiscing the other day with Sheldon Richmond about the first time I met Sheldon was at the Future Freedom Foundation conference in um, 2008, and. Um, and uh, was it like the early summer of 08. And um, I, so I went up to the after party thing in the hotel room upstairs. Um, and I walk up and there's Glenn Greenwald arguing with Justin Romando. Oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> and this was the, like, I guess, three week period where Justin was in love with Obama. And he wrote like two or three incredibly cringy, horrible gay articles about how Obama was. And um, this was right during that period. And so I walk up and Justin is going, oh, no, I really like him. Oh, he gave this great anti-war speech where he said all this great stuff I like. And then Greenwald is going, I don't know, Justin, I, I think we'll have to wait and see. And then I said, are you fucking kidding me? I can't believe what I'm hearing here. He's a fucking Democrat. A Democrat. He's Bill Clinton. 
He's going to be killing people from his first day in office and never <laughs> stop. And you both know it. And I don't want to hear this shit. So and it's true. My, in fact, I bet I, you're I so fun at parties, Scott. I have to wear a show I did in uh, January of 07 on Chaos Radio in Austin when I was still doing pirate radio. And it's from January 07. And it's the first time I ever talked about Obama on the radio. And I'm telling my co-host, Sean Lynch, that. Um, so I was watching TV and CNN. They introduced this new guy to me. Like, he's a rock star. I'm supposed to love him. His name's Barack Obama, and he's the biggest deal in the whole world since New Coke or whatever it is. And and just talked about how obviously horrible he was and how transparent it was that this was all being cooked up from the very top and all of that, which, of course, was true. There was actually a great article that came out shortly after his first victory in 08. It might have been right after he was kind of inaugurated in the spring of 09. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was Time Magazine. Could have been Newsweek, but I'm pretty sure it was Time, um, where they talked about how he gave a speech at John Kerry's uh, nomination Democratic conference in 04, which I had missed because I didn't watch that shit. But anyway, he gave a speech there and everybody was really impressed. And that some of the very most powerful leaders of the Democratic Party came to him and said, you ever thought about running for president, young man? And the thing was then that there was like half the party hated the Clintons and wanted rid of the Clintons and wanted to end their control of the party and said, because they saw her as a sure loser, which she was, of course. And so they said, <laughs> man, we need to come up with somebody better. Here's somebody better. But so in other words, this wasn't like Dennis Kucinich or something where he's like a real human being and he's being promoted and supported by regular people out in the country. This was essentially like the babies and incubators thing right this is just cooked up by by uh new york fucking pr firms this is what the people want they want something different and they want change and a different flavor from w bush so we'll give them this and you know it was just, and which was transparent all along by the way if you go back to the primaries of 08 in the like in the debates it would be hillary and obama and john edwards over here and Kucinich and Gravel over here. And it was like, yeah, these are the three lizard people who work for Citigroup. <laughs> and these are the two human beings who can't stand this shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it was as simple as that. It was as obvious as that, that he was nothing but Hillary and blackface. That's all he ever was. Yeah. And, and, and it's, a, it's a shame, really, that people felt that. It really bothers me, too, because if, especially if you look at the irony of 08, where, you know, Ron Paul's running against not the Democrats, he's running against W. Bush. But W. Bush is still in the chair. And Ron is saying, this is terrible. We shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing any of this. Which Republicans just absolutely don't want to hear at that time. But he essentially stands for the exact opposite of everything Bush stands for, as sort of a rhino, liberal Republican and, and war hawk. Um, and, you know, big business guy this whole time. And so here you have Ron Paul, who on the surface... And I'm sorry, I've said this before. It's not an original thought or anything. But on the surface, Ron Paul is a clone of W. Bush, right? German stock. Um, I think I got this wrong. I said he was a Methodist, but he's actually a Baptist. I think W. Bush is a Methodist, but close enough for, you know, Texas Methodists and Baptists are not very far apart at all. They're both married to their first wife with no scandals along those lines at all. Both, you know, family guys and white Republican conservatives from Texas. I'm, I'm picturing a lot and, of missionary sex, yeah. Yeah, 
probably <laughs> i'm sure for like or, or maybe just a little yeah, bit you know where what I mean? the woman yeah. never comes and that's just right, fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like laura bush okay. is a great leg okay. you know i'm yeah. tired yeah. anyway women aren't yeah. supposed to come i mean <laughs> yeah seriously um but then so but ron on the substance is a hundred percent opposite of bush he wants to get rid of the patriot act and close guantanamo and prosecute torturers and abolish the federal reserve and end the drug war and fire all the federal cops and all of the laundry list of wonderfulness um but seeming as a human being seeming to be essentially like a clone of w a little bit older maybe w's a clone of him but to to the average guy who doesn't know about you know bush family blue blood you know royalty traditions and whatever the hell on the surface, these guys were the same. And then Barack Obama, who's the exact same as Bush on everything, is a tall, handsome black Democrat from Illinois. And so if you're just a regular Joe out there, which one of these two men is the opposite of W. Bush? If you want to tell the world, sorry about that, especially sorry for reelecting him, and we're really trying to do better now, which one do you choose? Well, if you fucking really understand, Ron is the one. But if you're just the average American, I mean, how look at what they were up against in terms of the image and the public yeah. relations on TV. He's the opposite party, the opposite race and, uh, you know, the opposite part of the country and the opposite everything. And so even though he was going to come in and just put the center for a new American security in charge of his international policy and all of that for regular people, they couldn't see through it. And then yep. meanwhile, and that was the real irony of it was. There stood Ron fucking Paul, dude. Like, not just good on this stuff, but the best. The best one of us ever. The best parliamentarian in world history. Bar none. And he's standing there, and he's knocking them down. He's got everything right. But he's just wrong guy, wrong place, wrong time to really fucking Ron time. You know, push it through. You know, it's that's wrong. Why time. That's why I'm sympathetic to like a lot of the post libertarian guys because they do flirt with this Machiavellianism that that you're I mean, if if they had a little bit of deception going into this where we could kind of disguise Ron Paul as something other than maybe this works out differently. Because obviously Obama's no, I mean, disguised as something other right. than look. Look, that's that's just wrong. And that's what listen, this is the this is what was Rand Paul's I mean, major flaw. Okay. Ron and Rand Ron and Rand spent thirty years driving around giving speeches about gold to rooms full of four and five people. With Rand saying, Geez, Dad, if you would shut up about gold and war all the time and maybe just, you know, be a deficit hawk then maybe you get some power and traction like Dick Army and get somewhere in the world. And Ron always said, nope, because gold and peace is what I'm all about. Son, that's the whole point. I'm going to stick with it. And yes, of course, it was true that Rand was right, that what was marginalizing Ron and keeping him from having power and influence was he was too damn good on these marginal issues, gold and peace. You're not going to win over the Republican Party talking like that. And Rand Paul was right about that for 30 years until one day. And then one day, Ron Paul got a chance to fist fight Rudy Giuliani in front of everybody and beat his goddamn ass down. And, you know, Dave, <laughs> our our fucking next champion, he that was the moment for him was the Rudy Giuliani Ron Paul moment. And what happened was. And again, think about the context. It wasn't just, oh, they had a fight. What were they fighting about? Ron Paul was essentially blaming the September 11th attack on Bill Clinton's foreign policy. 
And he wasn't coming out for like saying that the government had done it. He was saying the government had provoked the crisis and then had failed to protect us, which is a bitter goddamn pill to swallow. And he's saying that in a Republican Party presidential um, event. And he's got the mayor of 9-11 up there to say, how dare you say this? And what happened? People loved it. People loved it. And Ron Paul woke up and changed the hearts of tens of millions of people by telling the plain, honest truth. And what was it about it? It was that regular people could see, hey, this old man respects me enough to tell me the truth. That's not the kind of thing I wanted to hear. That's the kind of thing I needed to hear. And then Ron Paul went from one guy in every neighborhood in America to 25 guys in every neighborhood in America, right? From from zero or you know, five miles an hour to 200 miles an hour in the space of a year. And if you're telling me that there's a way that he could have been you know, deceptive and manipulative and told people what they wanted to hear enough and pandered to the right people in the right way enough to do better and win, I point to 2016. In fact, not just 2016, but Rand Paul's entire career leading up to 2016, where he didn't learn the lesson that, yeah, it seemed like he was right all those years, but it turned out, no, his father was right. And the Fed and the wars. That is the winning message. It's just he needed the exposure. He needed the opportunity to get the spotlight on that. And Rand, even after the Giuliani moment, he didn't get it. So then what has he spent the last 10 years doing? He's trying to pander to everybody. Oh, black people, here, I'm for criminal justice reform. Do you like me now? Oh, golfers, I'm for your tax cut. Do you like me now? Oh, whoever it is. And he goes around you know, saying what he thinks people want to hear and what does everybody think about him? Oh, here comes that guy who tries to always say what he thinks we want to hear. And nobody respects him at all. And his deception and manipulation and whatever, it doesn't work. And when he ran in 2016, where was the Ron Paul revolution? But wanted nothing to do with him. What was the greatest moment of Rand Paul's political career, though? When he stood against the covid lockdown tyranny system when right, he called right. when he called fauci on his bullshit when he's and it hardcore, was unpopular and he, and he was dragged right. through the mud yeah. by media for 24 right. 7 for weeks but that was the moment when he breathed and then new he comes life out on top right and then he's exactly he's proven in the end that he was right after all just like and with he ron, proved ron like what Scott, yeah. Was earlier yeah you're 100 right i was I was talking to Mike Heist today and he said the same thing like most of these conservative right. voters they they look at rand paul and they see him as just another Trump lackey. They don't understand his 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 past. They don't understand his lineage that he knows about Austrian economics and he knows he's read Mises because it doesn't it doesn't show. So yeah, you're you're hundred percent correct. Yeah, man. I'm and glad look, you're saying it here, and, man. And Dick Army, Dick Army is a great example of this because Dick Army is the kind of guy who he really was smart. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He was a right wing Texas Republican congressman and a friend of Ron's, at least for a while, a colleague of Ron's, and they came I guess back to power, you know, in the, I forgot. I think maybe Dick Army was there. Ron, Ron had, had been in Congress and left and come back in 97, was reelected in 96. But anyway, he told the story. In fact, it was at that same FFF conference in 2008 where Justin and Glenn were arguing about uh, Obama. Um, Ron Paul's speech um, at that conference, he told the story about Dick Army coming up to him and saying, Hey, Ron, guess what? I got this great job. He like saw him on Capitol Hill. I got this great job as a lobbyist now and I'm making all this money. And Ron was just like, damn, dude. Like, that's the saddest thing I've heard in my life. Like, are you kidding me, Dick? 
And that's what it is now. He sold your soul for some money. Money? Really? Did he get power and influence you know? too? Because then, then it might be worth it. Yeah, well, I mean, he did. Just Dick Army did have joke. some. No, man. Yeah. I, you, I mean, <laughs> lead with integrity. Lead with the truth. That's why the Mises Caucus is the way. That's why Ron Paul is the way. That's why yeah. Dave Smith is the way. And that's why being a libertarian in the GOP probably isn't the way. <laughs> Because no, you're look, lying. To I mean, yourself. I disagree with that. Look, I mean, I think it takes all of these things. I mean, I I, I spent the last year going around talking to state legislatures um, with the Bring Our Troops Home movement, working in alliance with Young Americans for Liberty. And on the state legislature level, you got, you know, these Republicans, man, they don't really know. If you tell them that, look, man, this is what we're about now, they'll go for it some of the time. Um, and, um, and no, I, right. you know, I, I believe in like full spectrum dominance, like the Pentagon says. Like we should have the libertarians should be the loudest voice in the Democratic Party too. They're like, hey, isn't this the party of civil liberties and against yeah. the FBI and against the CIA and against the wars? We got to have those voices should be the loudest in the Democratic Party and anti-Fed and anti-IRS and anti-war too and anti all these things should be anti-gun control and all these things should be the loudest voices on the right. But the libertarians, you know, some of us got to hold the line that this is what we're all trying to pull people towards is yeah. this plumb line real shit. And, and, and it's where the truth ought to lead you. You know what I mean? Like, for example, if you're a right winger and you really understand about capitalism and you want to protect capitalism from the boom and bust and all these things, you want to protect business from the depredations of the IRS. I mean, how the fuck are you supposed is to have a capitalist economy when you get in trouble for earning money? You have to pay a higher and higher fine the more money you earn. Like, that's insane. Who came up with that shit? But, man, you can't get rid of that if you have a world empire. You're going to have to choose, Mr. Right Winger. You know what I mean? So, but it takes libertarians to set them all straight. So that's why I think it's important for Dave to run for presidential libertarians, important for, for libertarians to run for local offices yeah. all over and that kind of thing. But uh, that's also, you know, why it's important to support Young you. Americans for Liberty and the yes. Free State Project. And all those things are doing it. their best to influence the Republican Party to make it the least worst version of itself that we can possibly make it. Because, look, at the end of the day, we're still a very small minority of people in this country. If we're going to have our way at all, we have to demand total liberty and we have to but we have to have a um, uh, influence. We have to get we have to, you know, um, explain our message in a way as Ron Paul did. That does appeal to people all over. And in fact, see, I should have wrapped that Ron Paul thing up better. Ron, it, when he ran in 08 and 12, there were leftists who were coming to see him. There were young black kids that were coming to see him. There was, you know, it was, was a me. wide yeah, open that, thing. Yeah. And he was he was so good on everything Dave, that there was something for everyone. <laughs> and then oh, I missed. I'm sorry. What would you say? Uh, Dave, Dave used to be not, black. Dave used yeah. to be black. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, until I was introduced better. to Ron Paul, he didn't, he didn't pull off right. for Joe Biden, so now he's that's right. How he works. <laughs> yeah. that's great. But but yeah, so Rand tried to pander and it didn't work. But Ron was just so damn good, he appealed to everybody. So I, you know, um, and it, but so like for those people who are trying to say like no, we ought to be joining the Republican Party now. I agree with everything except the no. I think that <laughs> absolutely, you know, some people should be doing that. They absolutely Me should too. be doing that. I um, think it's weird, but, though. Don't you think it's weird that some people who are in this space are looking at what's happening in the Mises Caucus just in a couple years, three, four years ago? Yeah, I don't know, guys. Like, I, I don't know. It's not lost on me. Well, maybe what? they don't. Maybe they don't see the opportunity that I see there. 
But I, I yeah, really do believe chapter. that with all of our help, you know, uh, really pushing as hard as we yeah. can. I think that that Dave and the Libertarian candidate, you know, as the Libertarian Party candidate in the next presidential election, I think that his message can be made to dominate the entire political conversation in this yeah. country. So he doesn't really right now, man. Dan was just saying, yo, he talked to Mike Heist today. I talked to Mike Heist today. I wouldn't be surprised if anybody else here might have talked to Mike. I Heist also today. talked to Mike Heist today. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just saying I talked to him like three days ago. Mike right. sent me a dick pic earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, the 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 infrastructure, if you will, is being laid out, and that guy's a big part of it. And yeah, uh, I see it happening. I'm watching in real time. It's beautiful. So quick additional yeah. point. Also, just because Dave's running on the libertarian ticket doesn't mean that we can't still achieve that shorter term power. If you do have a high time preference and you believe in the GOP is the only one that has a chance of actually getting elected. If Dave yeah. is a meaningful threat, we can actually dictate who they push to be the, uh, the primary candidate that ends up being you know, the, the actual candidate for the GOP. So I think that there's merit to this path that even helps on the post-libertarian argument side. So hey, hey, it goes both ways. Yeah. Hey, that's, yeah. that's the part that baffles me. It's it's the the animus toward the toward the Mises caucus or the libertarian party. It's like it's a mistake. You kinda, well, that's yeah, just to draw it's because the LP all. sucks, but it's like we that's, know the that's LP sucks. Michael Heiss's and David and Dave Smith's coattails and what? saying pay attention to us by trying to pick a fight with these guys who already have this to great some extent project. it certainly is. We, yeah. we got a super yeah, chat it's for, not we got a super chat for Clint from Libertarian Podcast Review, five dollars. Uh, what's Clint's go-to hat to wear, to wear during intimate situations? <laughs> Ashton's Good in the question. chat. She can respond. <laughs> <laughs> Ashton, what hat does he wear? Which one? I actually, I, I, I go, I go hatless, believe it or not. Yeah. Ashton keeps I talking about do. hot dogs. What the fuck is she talking about? I'm like, I trying don't to know. Not... We know what she's talking about. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Y'all have an extra chat window that I don't have over here. Yeah, know. we're not, I'm not on YouTube. Oh, chatting, she said she, yeah. she, she said, she chat. said she made Dave Smith a hot dog when she was living at 10 pools. Is this, is this oh, like yeah. a Pizzagate reference? What the fuck is this? I don't. I'm confused. $50,000 hot dogs. Jesus. Those are hot dogs, man. They better, the, the they better come with that, a cabinet from, from uh, whatever that Wayfair magazine is. Oh, God. The, the implication that it has to be uh, one or the other and one of us has to die, the GOP libertarians or the post-libertarians or the Mises caucus, is kind of bizarre because... I feel like they like like Scott is saying. There's there's room for both, and you probably should be attacking this thing at at, at every yes. angle possible. That's what I'm saying. Elevate so your bros, So Bishop. Elevate your bros out there. Don't tell people yeah. to come over to the and, Republican Party because we'll, we're doing. Let's something. be honest. That's all. You're not going to get every libertarian. You can't get every libertarian to do anything. So what are you even talking right. about? Let us right. do what we're most passionate about and do it as best as we possibly can, and then see who the best man is. Like stop with the fucking division. Just everybody go. Yep, totally. And look, I mean, if it was up to me, I'd make everybody work on Yemen. But that's not going to happen. So what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit around. I'm going to try to boss y'all around and try to like, come on, guys. Thursday's Yemen Day. Or <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Right? I'm going to do my thing, and I'll tweet out that today we're calling our congressman if I can. But I'm not going to tag everyone in it and try Scott, to like. You, Scott, you need to have a Yemen brunch and like unlimited mimosas. Yes, there you go. I'm there. I'm drunk absolutely. early on a Sunday morning and tell you about some genocide. Um. But no, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? There's You can't herd cats anyway, so don't try herding them. Just, you know, make sure that, I mean, if, if they could use some sound advice about what they're doing, how they could do it better, then great. But yeah, I don't see why yeah. anybody needs to tear anybody down. And I am all for libertarians 
joining the I don't think that the libertarians should be the Mises caucus inside the Republican Party, though. That doesn't really make sense. You just want to like show up and say, I'm a Republican and we believe in hard money and peace. Right. Or, you know, whatever the, the message is and just why different. That's the whole point of running as a Republican. Right. Is you don't want to differentiate yourself. You want to, uh, you know, uh, what's the insinuate yourself into there and uh and then say yeah this is the consensus this is what we all believe this is why we're republicans right and then say all your great libertarian shit is what it should and, be and when and when Rand paul or thomas massey or any of the decent republicans are on tv watch them things make these guys bigger figures and and contribute to their campaigns for re-election like there's nothing wrong with supporting those guys that are really good gop members too but then when you're not in an election year fucking push and pull and make it seem as if Dave Smith's a legitimate threat for GOP power so that they have to put in someone that we would respect moving forward. And then we might actually have some, we, we can bat uh, or we can fight above our weight class, so to speak. Well, that, that's yep. happening in New Hampshire, right? They, they're, they're saying that from what Jeremy Kaufman is saying, even their Democrats are kind of based. Like they have actually good Democrats. They had a Democrat named jo Joseph Stalkop uh, a couple cycles ago in, in the, um, legislature there who flipped to libertarian from democrat while yeah. he was while he was a state legislator awesome they also had, yeah i had a guy too i saw a guy give a speech i don't know the guy's name nothing personal if you're watching but there was a libertarian who ran against ted cruz and beto o'rourke for senate back in what 18 yeah and oh, um, on the show oh okay yeah. well so dan he, I I wouldn't I wouldn't recognize the name if I heard it. No, but, you're talking um, you're talking about Dan Beerman. No, he ran he ran for president. That wasn't who ran uh, for U.S. Senate then. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll I'll remember his name, but you go yeah. ahead. But so the guy gave a speech, and and I'm not knocking the guy, but I'm just saying like this is kind of you know Libertarian Party thinking previously. I guess was like, look guys, there's a, a new poll out says Neil Dykeman. I'm polling within the margin of error, and that means that no matter who wins. I'll get to claim credit for it. And then that means that from now on, the Republicans and the Democrats will have to suck up to us and run really, really good candidates so that we don't do that again. And I'm thinking, on one hand, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard somebody say in my life. But on the other hand, he's close. He's only like a step. He's like adjacent to a smart strategy, but totally missing the point. Where what he could have done was ignored Beto O'Rourke and gone full nuclear barbecue against Ted Cruz and say, Ted Cruz is a big government Republican. He's a rhino. He pretends to be a conservative, but he's no different than W. Bush. And he's violated his oath to the Constitution over and over again. And he votes for these big spending bills and he votes for all of these loser wars and all of this stuff, right? And then go nuclear against Cruz and then if he loses, take credit for that. And then maybe you have a point where you see what happens, Republicans, when you piss us off, we'll ruin you. And sorry, Texans and the world for inflicting Beto O'Rourke on you. But that's what the Republican Party of Texas had coming. And so that's the way it is. And then at least we'd be in a position to really argue that the next time you run somebody for Senate, he better not be a big fake constitutionalist Scott, like Cruz. He Scott, better mean it. We got a, you know? we got a super so chat. <laughs> Hold on, Scott. Scott, we got a super chat from One's Compliment. $5 super chat. Thanks. He said, who's the better skater, you or Tim Pool? 
Well, uh, on ramp, me. On uh, flat ground, flippity flip tricks, I give full respect to the young man. Um, he, uh, so we skated his mini ramp. And look, I've been skating mini ramp for 35 years. So um, that's a long time. Uh, and I had a great time skating that mini ramp. He clearly was not that experienced on transition. He did have a great kick flip to backside pivot, which fuck yes. I'd never done that, one of those in my life, dude. I've done a shove it to backside pivot, I guess. I've definitely never done a kick flip to backside pivot. Um, and so he got one of those. And then on flat ground, he had a killer hard flip. And he had, it was a funny thing, man. It was like a hang 10, only not a nose wheelie, but just um, hang 10, both you know feet on the nose. And then some kind of weird flippity hard flip thing out of that, that he nailed and caught high in the air or something, you know, like three or four times. Um, was really you know that was cool nice well so. okay look we're we're go, we're getting up on three hours here we've, we've done really good tonight but since it, it, it you know in the spirit of thanksgiving starts for me in two hours you guys on the east coast got it in an hour but let's i want to go around and and just say what we're thankful for i know that's gay and cringe but we're gonna do it anyway. uh top lobster what are you thankful for this year buddy this year, a lot to be thankful. I'm thankful for, uh, yeah, all of you guys. Uh, I've done work for all of you, Josh, the most. Uh, Scott's been gracious. Clint has let me do work. I've done work for Christy. I've done, I've done uh, caricature, caricatures of Dave. And all of you guys have been so supportive. Even in the beginning, Scott, you've, you retweeted some of my designs, and that helped really, really take off for me. And in, oh, in cool. a way, it has changed my life. Yeah, you guys have no idea. I mean, I'm about to basically changed my profession to just do this <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I no shame but I'm, I'm about to change my profession to do this full-time designing which is my passion so i'm thankful yeah, for beautiful. that and josh thanks for the thanks for the opportunity that's course, what i'm man. thankful thank for. you what about you dave and casey the pitches and hose. thank you and the pitches and hose. what about yeah, what about you dave what are you thankful for buddy i'm thankful for a lot but i will tie it in you know to our talks tonight and um this has been a cool year for me, man. And again, to bring it back to Heist and the caucus, but uh, his tagline of taking human action is, uh, that's been real for me, man. Like this is this year I've started to do, to do that. Like to put myself into the party, get active, start this podcast, start to talk with people. And less than a year, like I'm on this call with Scott Horton, Dave Smith, Clint. You forgot Reed. me. Yeah, Chris, I Chris know. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. He's like, excuse me, who are you? This is, I, got, this is, I forgot. No, I mean, this is a big... This is a big deal for me. So um, I know it's, you know, it's Wednesday for you, buddy, but this is um, huge and that everybody should do that. You should just dive into something because you will be amazed at the shit that comes out of that. And that's what I, this year is. Um, you, you all don't even realize beautiful. it. Listen, I have seven kids and a, and a full-time what? job. Yeah. I have seven, I, I have seven Someone children. Live in my house. Seven kids with you. Yeah. Can you imagine? Well, two, listen, we adopted a couple of them. One of them is actually my granddaughter wow. who lives up here with my 17 year old daughter and my granddaughter. And then, yeah. uh, two of them are stepkids, And one of them is my, or two of them are my own kids. But, but, uh, this is the only time I get to hang out with sperm. Yeah, this is the only time I get to hang out with my friends. You know what I mean? This is this is all this show is for me. I get to hang out with my friend, all my friends for at least an hour every night. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, Dave, I get it, man. I, I'm super proud of the things you're doing, dude. Scott, what are you thankful for this year, buddy? Man, well, I mean, I echo what you guys are saying about how great the movement's going. I think um, it's been a pretty big year for me. I've traveled around all around the country and testified to state legislatures and a lot of libertarian party state conventions and, you know, pork fest and the Tom Woods 2000 event and all of this stuff. 
And, uh, you know, words getting out there, you know, there's, as Dave was saying earlier, you know, people constantly coming up to him and saying, you know, you changed my whole life and this kind of thing. I think there are a lot of people who are, you know, the time is ripe for them to hear this kind of message. I get a lot of that kind of response too nowadays. I think it's the books really. Um, and then, um, you know, I should say that, and I, I really do many, I think this is the, the most important thing that happened this year is the end of the war in Afghanistan, which is, you know, here a little bit later next month, Somalia will be America's longest war, but uh, Afghanistan was up until a few months ago. Yeah, I was about to say, Scott, and, what the fuck are you going to talk about now, dude? Afghanistan's over. Yeah, well, we still got <laughs> Syria and Iraq and Yemen and Somalia and, and all North We're Africa. We're going to do a Yemen brunch. The Cold <laughs> Wars with Russia and China. Yeah. yeah. But no, that Afghan war was a motherfucker, yep. man. And I'll tell you, like, I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows, but certainly hundreds of thousands of people were killed in the whole fucking thing. And, um, and, and they knew better all along and they did it anyway for, you know, um, essentially selfish, you know, side reasons that weren't even really based on Afghanistan at all, but just means to other ends and that kind of thing. And then unbelievably to me, like, I, I still have trouble kind of understanding exactly how they did it, but, but there's, I guess, enough people in the government who understood how lost the war was and that just were not willing to commit to send another 50,000 guys back there. So they were willing to call the thing off. And so it wasn't just Trump, like Trump got Zalmay Khalilzad, who's an extremely important neoconservative guy to go over and make the deal with the Taliban to agree to leave. And so, based on some blood oath, he got Khalilzad to actually do it, not just shine him on and drag it out and fuck him over, but he really signed the deal. And, um, and then, you know, Biden, I know, because his son died not in Iraq War II, but of Iraq War II from brain cancer from the burn pits there. So that's his personal reason for being sick and tired of this Middle East war bullshit that, you know, is, of course, a lot of it is his fault. But, um, and that's, that's why, because he knows it's his fault. Sure. Um, so then he followed through on that. And, you know, the Taliban rule the country now, and it sucks. And the, they're undergoing a massive Great Depression because they've just lost a zillion dollars worth of aid money coming in every year and everything like that. So every bubble in that country has now popped and it's going to be very hard for them. But at least they have independence and uh, and at least uh, this country is no longer responsible, directly responsible for their pains. So I'm fucking really grateful for that. And, nice. Good, good yeah, job, Scott. So, okay. Chrissy, what are you thankful <gasps> okay. for this year? Uh, real men such as yourselves, um, being able to, do, <laughs> I meant, I meant that as a compliment. We, like, we know, fucking, you know, I think we should make masculinity toxic again. Gotta be hard in New York um, for you. Get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, being able to do what I love, tour the country, um, by doing stand-up shows, you know, uh, the fucking my merch look at this make america uh, great oh again. there we go there we go what does it say it says make america oh look at that it's got your, great it's again. Got your name in it that's that's clever did you have did you have top lobster help you draw that or not no this is not even my body yet <laughs> <laughs> chrissy i gotta say i think it's pretty cool what you did uh refusing to, yeah. to tour at these these places that are Thank requiring mandates that. yeah it felt like uh, at first we're like woohoo, and then you're like, oh shit, I really did that. Like I really put that out there, and I feel like 
can't perform anywhere in New York City. Like I really, you know. And you, but live, and you I, live there. Oh. I, live, I live, yeah, I live in Westchester. But I'm really happy I did. And it showed me like just how many comics and entertainers are total pussies. So it's uh, it's important to do. Yeah. That's huge. Well, thank you for that. That was huge. And when I saw that, when I saw the news article about that, I was like, Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then Jim Brewer. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, you and Jim Brewer. Yeah, yeah that was cool. Perfect. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there some of my, um, I, won't, I won't name the comics here, but there's a couple comics that I really respected that I just not going to be able to watch anymore, I don't think. But, you know, whatever. It's cool. Ooh, uh, tell me later. Okay, I will. I will. It's just, it, you know, uh, Stan Hope's one of them, man. He really, he really upset me. So, and I've been a fan for a long, 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 long Why, fucking time. Why because he got vexed? No, because he, because, because he, he was like talking shit to people uh, who didn't want to bring their vax cards to to come and see his shows or something. It was pretty Oof. ugly. So, yeah, I opened for him at a show where I was not vaccinated, and, and I was like, "Let's see what happens." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately, like I'm lucky enough that like putting that out there is is not gonna keep me from like being able to live you know right. what i mean like if that if performing is your whole income and luckily like i have other jobs and other sources of income so right for me it was worth it like the money that i'm losing is worth making the point so good yeah good. clint yeah. what are you thankful for man you better say florida <clears throat> um <laughs> i am i am thankful for more things than i can enumerate so i'll go as fast as humanly possible uh, first off, I closed down my business and I started on this this endeavor 18 months ago. And in those 18 months, I have converted my life into following something I'm truly passionate about. Whereas before I was just purely focused on wealth achievement and all these other goals, I am now, um, you know, the fire within me burns as hot as it ever has. That might be chlamydia, I, though. That, <laughs> Ashton? Uh -oh. no, no, she's great. <laughs> oh, she's right. Great. That, Never mind. I love That's her. another thing I'm thankful for is... Um, you know, this this endeavor has led me to meet not just my heroes, Scott, Dave, a whole bunch of people that I can now me. actually, yeah. Chrissy, that I can time. actually call, I can actually call my friends, which is just totally bizarre to me because two years ago I was watching them. They had no idea who I was. And it's just a, the world feels upside down to me. Um, it led me to meeting my girlfriend. She's amazing. And I just think I'm, I couldn't be more hopeful. I couldn't be more optimistic about the future. And, and I owe that all to this community that I have cultivated in a very, very rapid fashion so thank you guys all so much yeah, and i hope you, you guys man. all have an amazing thanksgiving with your family despite all of the vaccine arguments that you're inevitably going to get into um i think that it's uh try and remember that there are things that are bigger than politics and and you know hug your loved ones it's it's been a blast like that dick it's like that it's been a it's been a blast coming up with you clint really Okay, we come oh, at the same time, man. dude. Like you, uh, you and great. I and Reed all kind of at the same time, and it's been fun, man. Watching, watching the the growth and the progress, dude, for sure. Holding the hand, skipping down the yellow brick road, like yeah. fucking yeah. boys and girls. I see. Of course, I only started like seven or eight months ago. You guys were way, but that that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. You had a little. You had a head start, man. I'm just saying. Seven or eight months ago, it's November, brother. You lying? It was March. I the show March third was my first show here. So whatever that is. Oh wow! All right, I take yeah. it back. I took. I did my first break the cycle episode March third. And we've done a hundred and this is 136 episodes tonight. So it's been a lot of fun. I'm extremely Scott, thankful. Scott's yeah. like, that's yeah, Scott, shit. Scott's like, that's fucking rookie numbers, dude. He's like, I do five episodes a day, bitch. I, uh, no, no but I, I, guys, I, man. I just want to say I'm thankful, uh, to all the people who have uh, stuck by the show since the beginning, you know, a whole seven months ago. And, 
and uh, Top Lobster and Dave and Scott and Chrissy and Clint and Dave and everybody else that has been on my show and helped me bolster uh, this this uh, this project that I've been working on. I really appreciate you guys. You've been amazing to me, and I probably didn't deserve it, but I, I do appreciate y'all. Um, that's pretty much all I got. You guys got anything else you want to add tonight? I just want to say shout out to Tower Gang and all the brothers that couldn't be here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Love you, those guys, guys. you guys lift my spirits every day. There, We, we walk through uh, an incredible almost indefinite darkness and you guys bring light to my life every day so Same. thank you i love much. the tower power hour guys that's where yes. i got that's where i cut my teeth too man i was like i'm gonna do a podcast hey tower power hour guys can you retweet all this shit and they did <laughs> they're really good i'm glad I, really quick i'm glad that i just went with dave tonight and then dave smith popped in that was pretty neat yeah it was pretty i, know, I was good, like dude. i was like you big time in dave smith oh huh? god like, dude you fucking share jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> uh top top lops of where can people find you and support you and all that shit buddy uh, yeah, Top Lobster underscore on Twitter, toplobster.com. You could buy, uh, I don't know, this shirt, the shirt you're wearing. I think, Scott, you have one on, too. Yeah, I am wearing a Ron, Ron Paul, Paul for Congress. For yeah. Congress yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right I have the same shirt. Oh, oh look. Right, all right, right there. Clint's wearing one, too. You can get that on Clint's site, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you can support <laughs> me, Top Lobster with an A anywhere. And, uh, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Josh. Yeah, this of course. Was awesome. Of course, brother. I appreciate you. What about you, Dave Casey? Where can people find you and support you listen to you, all that great stuff? Yeah, um, Dave V.S. Goliath uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Odyssey. Um, I'm usually banned from Facebook, but I'm there too. Uh, and uh, teespring.com, I got like wish.com uh, top lobster stuff. So it's like <laughs> it's, it's, it's a downgrade. But hit that up when you get to. Oh, yeah. Mr. Horton, where can people find you and support you, <laughs> listen to you, all that great stuff? Uh, antiwar.com, libertarianinstitute.org, scotthorton.org, and... Uh, I'm on the radio Sunday mornings on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. And I'm on Twitter at Scott Horton Show. And on YouTube at Scott Horton Show. And the uh, very hilarious, not Amy Schumer, Chrissy. Where can people find you, support you, <laughs> listen to you, all that great stuff? Uh, Chrissy Mayer Pod on Instagram. I'm trying to hit 10,000 again after I got deleted. Uh, yeah, Chrissy Mayer Podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, four new episodes a week. Wet Spot on Compound Media, Mondays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And yeah, I've got a bunch of dates coming up. I'm going to be in Morris Plains with Comedians of the Compound on, on December 11th. I'll be at Hartford December 12th. December 13th, I'll be at the Looney Bin Little Rock uh, Comedy Club. And then December 15th and 16th, I'll be at Hyenas in Dallas with Anthony Cumia and Aaron Berg. And then I'm taping oh, my yeah. first comedy album uh -oh. on January 6th. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, got a good day. At Governor's in Levittown, Long Island. And yes, I picked that date on purpose. I noticed you're, yeah. uh, I noticed yeah. you're staying the fuck out of the Midwest through December and January. That's okay. That's okay. Not we get on it. purpose. It's cold. Oh. I know. I know. It's fucking cold here. I get it. I I'm just disappointed that you're not doing any shows in New York. I mean, like, you live there. I don't even understand. <laughs> um, you know, there's one fucking club in Brooklyn that I heard doesn't require papers. So maybe I'll get over there. Okay, there you it's go. a good, Other it's than a good that, club. <laughs> gulag comedy. I don't know. Yeah. Click. Follow me on, on Twitter at Liberty Lockpod. I am 100 followers away from 25,000. Big milestone for me. So if you guys could help me out, I'd appreciate it. Uh, that was a direct Liberty, stab at me, Clint. I get it. I know. Did, did not mean to oh. be. Did not mean to be. I swear to God. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, YouTube, Liberty Lockdown, LibertyLockdownPodcast.com if you want to get top lops art like that. Um, and yeah, Instagram, Liberty Lockdown. I don't know. Liberty Lockdown everywhere. Clint Russell, check me out. Nice, nice. And uh, for, oh, yeah. those, for those of you who don't know, I, I did. I lost my Twitter. 
Uh, I lost my Twitter a couple weeks ago, but I just filed a claim with uh, with the the San Francisco Better Business Bureau because I found out that that's a way they could force uh, an an actual human review. Because when you do an appeal for a removed Twitter account, they don't do human reviews. It just like is a computer thing. So I got I got I got it on good authority from uh, my buddy Mike told me that if you file a claim with the Better Business Bureau in San Francisco, it forces them to have to manually review it with a human. So hopefully, because all, all I did was say one word. I said death, and they removed my account for perf- forever. Spend it. Yeah. 20,000 followers gone. I do have so a new gay. one. Yeah, I have a new one at Break Joshua, if you guys want to come go and hang out with me there. But uh, I lost 20,000 followers, and now I'm at like 3,600. Sucks. Like. Yeah, you know it's not always about size, Josh. Yeah, I know that's what that's what they tell me. They've been they've been hearing that a lot my that's whole what life. Women you know? that are liars tell you. Oh. <laughs> well, guys, I really really appreciate you all coming on and hanging out for all these hours, and I, I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Oh yeah, you, all you guys too, man. You. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. Bye, guys. All right, guys, another awesome episode of Break Cycle. That was a lot of fun. Please go follow all those great people. Uh, you know, it, it, for those who weren't on the call at the end, uh, you can find Chase Geyser at One American Podcast. He's got a great podcast. Of course, you know, you can follow Dave Smith everywhere uh, and uh, read Coverdale. Of course, The Naturalist Capitalist on YouTube. And my good friend Dad Smots is at The System Is Down or TSID Pod. Uh, you can hear all of his, uh, you can hear his promo in all of my audio version uh stuff uh go check out top lobster of course.com the man the myth the legend my good friend and partner at break cycle where you can get all kinds of great stuff that you saw us wearing on the show tonight uh at, for a 10 percent discount by using btc at checkout or you can join the patreon subscribe star become a member of the youtube channel under all of my videos by hitting the join link where you can get into a private discord server and get all top lobster's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30 percent discount really great stuff guys also if you're still here please hit subscribe on the youtube channel help me help me boost that algorithm it's good stuff uh i i'm gonna i'm back to where i am starting to book five shows a week again monday through friday We'll have a lot more shows, a lot more content for you guys. If you become a member, you get all the exclusive content too. Um, you can watch it live on the YouTube ch- channel memberships or get it uh, uploaded at some point to the uh, members only Patreon and subscribe star. Um, also go check out the uh, executive producers of the show, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Uh, check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Guys, I'll be off uh, tomorrow for Thanksgiving and Friday. Uh, Coming up next week, though, I do have some shows booked. Uh, I think Monday, let's see, where are we at? November still? Yeah, so Monday, Monday, I don't have that show booked yet. Uh, Tuesday, I'm going to have Citizen Hush on the show. And then uh, Wednesday, Patrick Newman from Mises Institute. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Definitely come and hang out with us, guys. I appreciate you. Have a happy fucking Thanksgiving. Seriously, enjoy all the food. Get in your food coma. Enjoy it. I'll see you next week. Until then, don't forget to break the cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse of the frame but i just spent it in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just spent it in minecraft
constantly cold Accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless there's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing, I mean, you know it The product is getting close to COVID Holy shit, I think I'm pro 